welcome everybody to Mog Talk episode 212. If you guys are unfamiliar with Mog Talk, it is a show based around the Final Fantasy XIV community discussing everything from Savage Rating to Chuckaba Racing. Today we are going to be talking about the world first clear with thoughts per second. And I'm going to have everyone here on the team. It might take a second, but just kind of introduce themselves. The, the people who are currently able to introduce themselves. And then maybe I'll have some of you guys introduce uh, maybe Phantom here. Uh, but or tell everybody kind of who you are, what job you play, and kind of how long you've been with the group. Um, I'm Ara. I play Astrologian for the team. I've been with them for, what, like a year and a half now? Okay, okay. So that would be, would that be only just one tier? One other tier? Or did, did you do all of this expansion? Pretty much, I guess, if you count when TPS started, it'd be when T when we did T. Okay, okay, I got you. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, Brian? Uh, hi, I'm uh, Super Peasant. I play Paladin and apparently Gunbreaker for TPS, and I've been with the team for almost a year and a half now. Okay. Cleese? Hi, I'm Cleese. I am the professional cheerleader for uh, Team TPS, and sometimes I also help out with diagrams. <laughs> okay. Kyo? Hello, uh, I'm Kyo. I play White Mage and previously Scholar for TPS. Uh, yeah, I've been around for a while. Okay, okay. MT, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. All right, I'll let you introduce yourself. Hi, I'm MT. Uh, I play Summoner for TPS. I am the newest member. Only been here for six months or so. So this is my first year with TPS. And if you guys were wondering why he is quiet on there, I think that's just how he's going to be. <laughs> I don't know if we can get MT any louder. Uh, but there, he is, I hope you guys heard it. If not, let us know. And then uh, does someone want to do Phantom here? Uh, okay, well, Phantom Assassin is our ranged player. Uh, he has been with the team just as long as pretty much everyone else, which is about a year and a half, maybe a little bit longer. And uh, he is the uh, leader of the team. Okay. The general. The general. All right, see Yo, I'm Svi. I've been with the team since just after the team formed. Uh, like by weeks to months, a very small amount. Uh, yeah, I play caster, specifically black mage, mostly in my time here. Okay. Shin? Hey guys, I'm Shin. I'm the melee for TPS, and I've been around with most of these guys for like multiple expansions at this point. Mm, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and then send off. Sendoff is gone. He's one of the ones that's not not here, right? No, okay, he's here. No, I'm okay. here now. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm Sendoff. I've been playing with this group since, um, I'd say, all the way back in Kefka. But uh, since then, I've moved to Dark Knight, away from Warrior, and you can't get me off this job because I refuse to play anything else. <laughs> okay. Share that about Warrior. And then they made Warrior bad. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, so, uh, before, we, before we get into this, shit, what the fuck is your image? <laughs> this is oh. a profile picture I use when I have no other profile picture I'm feeling. 
okay. I, yoinked, I yoinked this off of Pixiv somewhere years ago. Okay, okay. Isn't it just Pikachu, like, as a dad? Something like that. <laughs> it looks like Pika Dad. Uh, all right. So, uh, for those who are unfamiliar, TPS is the team that claimed World First uh, just a handful of days ago. And uh, I figured we'd bring them on here and do our traditional uh, post tier discussion and kind of talk about all the different things with the tier, their experience, and everything else. Um, and it's, uh, I don't know. Are you guys feeling okay right now? Has the high come down? Are you guys tired? Yes. Uh, yes. I kind of want to go back to bed because I've been waking up almost every morning, like, tired now since Frog. Mm hmm. Man. The last two days, I've slept probably 10 to 12 hours each night it's yeah you you don't realize just how kind of tense you are until it's all over and then you just blob out for a while so i'm actually you know thinking about all this i'm, I'm kind of curious um is it okay like if you don't sleep or you don't have great sleep for like the first i mean you guys had pretty good sleep right you had about six seven hours between on the day that you went to sleep I think it was six hours, yeah. Six, six hours. and a half, something like that. Okay. Yeah. But, like, oversleeping doesn't really technically help you, does it? It just makes uh, you still feel more tired? I don't I don't know. It, I it mean, depends on the person, I would assume. Hmm. So, sleeping in the middle of Prague, whether you like it or not, there there's, like, a couple different considerations, such as uh, most people can't fall asleep right away. That's mm -hmm. a problem. And then... Almost every single time, people will wake up early. Mm. And what's even like funnier about that is like when the pe when people wake up early, everybody who is awake gets gets strategizing, and usually you have a strategy to something that you didn't before, hmm. which is very nice. Okay, okay. Send sleep off. is one of the uh, no. Go ahead, go ahead. Speak. Oh yeah, sleep is one of the sort of intangible things that. There's no right or wrong answer to how to do it, but it can can have a really, really big effect on your overall clear time, especially in World Prog. Mm -hmm. uh, and we've we've done it very right, I think, and we've also done it very wrong in this team. So I'm glad that things worked out for the better this time around. I mean, it's hard to know which one's right or wrong until after the fact, right? It's always just hindsight, is it not? Well, uh, not necessarily. Um... I mean, I guess you could say it's hindsight, but it, it, like if you say it out loud, you'll know right away. Oh, you know that's not a good idea. Uh, in E8S Prague, we stayed up for 24 straight hours, and for four of those, the last four hours of that progression tier, uh, we made absolutely no progress. It was just, you can't. It's hard to be consistent, especially on s something as tight as the ads phase in Shiva when you're exhausted. So. Mm. So I guess uh, a good question we can go ahead and ask now is when did you decide to go to sleep? Like what po point of prog did you go to sleep? After, our, after we saw a Gaia for our first lockout. Okay. We, we had actually tried to sleep sooner. Um, we were having a lot of issues actually. Um, a lot of internet issues, um, a lot of lag, packet loss, it was actually really bad um, at one point. It was probably around 8 o'clock EST on the first day, and we were, we were just like, what the hell is going on? Like, we're, me and Fan were having, having uh, internet issues. 
uh, was barely playable. Um, we had a poll where we got to Lion Rampant. We did Lion Rampant right, and I just disconnected right in the middle of it and uh, ended the poll. We had a clean run up to that point. So, hmm. uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, we had a lot of, uh, basically after a little while we were like maybe we should just sleep mm-hmm. and the group was like well we can't sleep even if we tried right now so we should go for at least another hour sure enough we uh the internet issues subsided and we got really lucky and we ended up seeing gaia first day i mean that's actually a really good point uh if you're starting to have internet issues and everything else and you're about to get to that point to where you need to sleep it's like why do you, do you wait out the internet issues or do you just go to sleep and hope it's resolved when you wake up uh but i guess it, go, it going away was kind of lucky I, I don't know do you have like really premium internet that like if you if it goes down you can call them and they'll send someone out like that second uh i don't live in no I don't live in an area where that's possible, mm. so it's it, we basically have to wait for it to go away. Okay. I'd say we lost probably, like, between the internet issues and then just, like, the resetting and everything, we probably lost close to at least an hour and a half, or maybe, maybe like, an hour on that, which was pretty awful. I mean, is that actually... Uh fairly common with your prog is to have there's always going to be internet issues somewhere unfortunately <laughs> yes it's it not, it's scheduled not, as well every single time we know what we know when it's going to happen and uh unless i move it's going to continue happening yes i think okay. more influential than your uh your internet outage was my uh internet or not outage but my misfortune at the beginning uh oh, i got yeah. I got kicked. I got 90K'd upon logging in. I was one of the first TPS members to log in. Mm. I got 90K'd. I waited on the line to get back in and then subsequently got 90K'd immediately after again. And so we didn't actually zone into the first normal mode until about 30 minutes after servers went up. Oh. So that was actually probably more influential considering we only won the first couple fights by, you know, less than 20 minutes in some cases. I I don't know exactly, but yeah. So. So Likely you're not world first normal E9, right? Oh, for sure not. No. For sure. <laughs> no <laughs> shot. We watched other groups kill it before us. Yeah. Like, uh, who was streaming? Was it uh, McDonald's? Yeah. Uh, happy as well. I was watching the yeah. uh, Frosty underscore TV Twitch <laughs> channel race for world first stream and then just writing down what the normal mechanics said so that we would be ready for them. That's awesome, man. We blasted through them, though. Like, we, once we got everyone, we potted and everything. We just tried to go as fast as we could through those normal mode fights. Pretty sure this is... by the time we were all in, we'd actually caught up to everyone on the first pull time for the uh, uh, Savage. Hmm. We're close to, like, we were only maybe a pull or two behind. Um, at least, so what we, was on we made a really good yeah. time. Yeah, yeah I don't we think made we, a really good time. I don't think we wiped at all on the normal ones, did we? No, no. we didn't. Yeah, we I think this is one of the only tiers where we haven't done that. We no, killed it a lot faster than well, that. We've we wiped what, before in normals. But, I mean, that's all thanks to Cleese throwing things down. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's quite a few gotchas that would have probably just wiped us. I mean, technically, that could mean that it helps you not to go in immediately and kind of get the first preview so you will know what the gotchas were before you went in. You could think of it like a catch-up mechanic. If you're behind, you can catch those things, and it helps you to skip a wipe, save a little bit of time. Hmm. So it's a catching-up mechanic. You can't 
you can't use those to your advantage once you've actually caught up. Right, right, right. Yeah. It's also part of the reason why we don't stream. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, those streams are going to be there. Uh, so everyone has fair play, Adam, I think. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> that is pretty funny. Okay, so let me see. Let me actually look at this this little document. Uh, so I wanted to talk a little bit about the the confidence you had going into the tier. Of course, we're always supporting you. Uh, and we're always like, yeah, this is a really strong team that's probably going to get world first or has a really high shot at world first. Uh, were you guys confident that there's a you were going to get world first this tier? Or? No, nope. we have. Nope. That's going to vary from person to person. Like, okay. I mean, after verse and what happened to us in verse, I think we were all worried. I don't think anyone could be super confident, but as to whether we thought we would. I think I think a lot of us had a pretty had a pretty optimistic outlook on it. I think if you asked Phantom, he would tell you that he was confident we would win, like he was positive. Mm-hmm. I think basically with the the circumstances, we knew that we would win if we. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to speak for everybody, but we we were pretty sure we would have a good chance as long as we didn't throw, mm-hmm. as long as we didn't uh, grossly. F up, really. Mm-hmm. We knew we had a pretty good shot at winning. So to, to say that it wasn't like overconfidence or anything, this is probably the tier that I think we prepared for the most out of any tier I've ever participated in before. Um, we've never practiced so hard for a tier, um, just pre-patch. Mm. So I think a lot of us knew that going in, and we were we we're going to hit the ground running as hard as we could. And so that if we ever had a good shot or good odds before in any tier, this is probably the odd, the one we had the best odds in, because just because of preparation. So I guess I would like to run with that for a little bit. Uh, what preparation did you you take, or what will you be willing to say you did for preparation uh, to not give away too many secrets? Yes. Yeah, so bef- before going too deep into this, I kind of want to preface it all with preparation in Final Fantasy is kind of it's difficult to do. Because to get good at prog, you don't actually get the chance very often to practice the skills that are tested in prog. So being really creative in the way that you prepare is important. Uh, It's kind of like, you know, back in the day before we had FF logs and all these analysis tools Mm -hmm. to teach us how to improve, people sucked not because they were dumb or stupid, but because they didn't know what to do to improve. The metrics weren't there, uh, those sorts of things. Mm Mm-hmm. So working on things that other people aren't aware are even problems, I think, is where we're really strong. Um, so we may not give too much away in what other people say here. Okay. Is there anything that you would say about the prep that you could say? All right. All right. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think we would uh, like to hear what Phantom has to say about this, but unfortunately we can't. Yeah, that's all right. Um, yeah. I mean, our prep in general, like, we did a bunch of different things, and... We've already honest- said it before in previous mm-hmm. talks. We just do, like, old content, mm-hmm. like, minimum item level, things like that. I will Take say we did... the gear off, et cetera. We did listen to some of the old criticism that people thought that maybe we didn't do good damage, and so we did practice a whole lot of speed killing as well, um, previous hmm. tier. And uh, we pushed ourselves really hard, and I think we got some good results. So... Primal okay. speed killing. Primal speed killing. <laughs> Ironically. 
one we did a whole bunch of primals and got rank one times for those which a lot of people don't do but i mm-hmm. the important thing out of it like i don't think speed runs are actually that useful because yeah. it turns into muscle memory but they're actually um the skill of being able to speed run i'd say is a, is different and when we were doing primals there's it's a bunch of different fights and then you have to constantly re-strategize, aligning things, figuring that stuff out. So you get to way more quickly get your party synergy correct because you're going through many different fights, which allows us when when it comes to prog, like very quickly we can look at a fight and say, okay, this is where we need to be putting things, and then mm-hmm. we're good enough. Like we don't have to get really crazy about it. We just need that skill right there, and that's good enough. Okay. Uh, I mean, it is teams out there like uh, Silent, which is extremely credited with how heavy their DPS is. That would seem like it's a smart thing to start focusing on and just make sure that not just, uh, you know, being mechanically aware and able to do the stuff that you guys have the ability to push these checks if they get a little tight. Because it does seem like Square Enix is trying to put some earlier DPS checks in in some way. Uh, but if you're really good at DPS, they don't exist. Uh, DPS but checks don't exist this tier. They don't. Well, maybe the maybe the door boss, but otherwise they don't. I don't know how much our practicing helped us with that, but being one of the few teams in the top clears that didn't have we- uh, primal weapons mm-hmm. is a pretty satisfying result after farming primal weapons and refulgence. You know, right? So we're we're happy that that's not a trap we fell into, or even felt the need to get into this tier. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is uh, it is a little interesting because you guys had, I think it was one death and a damage down on your clear? Two damage down. Two like damage three down. damage down. Sanof got MC a damage got down, I got a damage down. And MC got it, he just died immediately after, though, so, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So, like, uh, that DPS, so if you guys didn't practice your DPS as much, there's a chance you wouldn't have gotten the clear on that that run right or were you still way ahead it didn't matter you could have probably even slopped it up even more oh no we barely we killed had about no. a quarter of a second before we were all dead i'm okay. convinced that we didn't actually kill it that pull still like <laughs> that just like something happened that just triggered the clear even though it wasn't really to clear i'm convinced the only reason like it died was because like people screamed loud enough yeah you scream loud Scare enough away. you you hit your buttons hard enough and the boss dies. We were not expecting it. We just hear our voices in the kill video. We're like very surprised that it even got to that point. Yeah. That's the type of like clear where every little thing that you've done earlier in the fight actually matters. Like if you've breeded a GCD or you optimized for something that seemed like it wasn't worth it, in that type of clear, that was worth it. Because if we didn't get one of those, we probably would have all been done. We so also the crit direct hit right on 40 million gil on two gold certificates <laughs> i'm salty about that uh that i mean that is that so basically the speed run practice stuff is absolutely crucial uh to making sure that you can get that clear because you don't know what would have happened the second time i guess maybe you would have had a clean run maybe you wouldn't have had a clean run after that if you didn't get it right we would have saw that and been like, the boss is dead next lockout because its check isn't as hard as we thought. Mm-hmm. And I you would have still... Us, if that was the case, you would have still got world first. But, yeah. Probably. Go, go ahead, Sid. Like, I went into this tier thinking, okay, 
I'm not running into the same case as last time. I'm going to try and push whatever I can and try to greed while learning so I can uh, figure all this stuff out. And then when we actually go for the kill pool, I'm good to go. I'm ready to kill this boss. And then as it turns out, the DPS check just does not exist. It is very, very easy. So we're just like, oh, okay. And the boss just dies on a run that we're that Klee said we should wipe. <laughs> we were watching a another team. I think it was the JP World's second team who was basically limping through the third relativity and they were uh they were just barely not making the check. Uh mm-hmm. to be fair, they did usually healer LB or something, so no one had weakness or anything, but they were they were consistently just barely not making that check. So, you know, uh, go ahead. Unfortunately, if that team did not have weapons, they would have probably needed a clean kill with yeah. the, how their prog was going because they had yeah. weapons which allowed them to close that gap between not LBing and LBing and just dance some random mistakes here and there. Yeah, there were a lot of teams that had weapons when they killed it. I keep mm-hmm. forgetting about that. Still surprised the World Seconds a double job team though. Double yeah, that's center. crazy. Yeah, so it's funny because I mean they also streamed, right? Uh, which was really weird. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, every time the world race is happening, I'll get these links to maybe fifty different just like streaming services I've never heard of, and so like I'm always cautious about clicking on them. Uh, but it, it's funny, like that team didn't even report to FF Logs. They they just cleared it and they're done and uh, I, I don't think I've heard but from them since then I should really are disbanding soon anyway <laughs> maybe as, as GPU culture dictates probably just got into a PF to do nine and then just kept going and can we talk about though how incredibly individually skilled so many JP players are that eight people who I don't think any of us know of and we try to stay in the know of who are you know world progression type players uh, just come out of nowhere and are that competitive J, uh, chat is saying that that's uh, Arthas's static oh that's Arthas static okay. it is yeah it's his old static it may, be, static it may be worthwhile uh-huh. talking to them I'll, I'll, I'll talk to Arthas oh, and see so, if... so that's the group that um, the dude on Twitter uh, Ori's old player was um doing strat for and he was giving them strats that makes a lot of sense hmm i see well i will say when watching them they were very consistent like one thing that was important for them getting that kill even Mm. though their advanced relativity was not clean almost like seven out of ten times everything up until then was clean hmm they in, in some ways they either just needed they needed like a lucky run or something at that point yeah, I, I wish I wish I would have reached out to him, man. I feel I feel bad now that I didn't uh, try to reach out to him to see if we can get him on the the stream because that would have been pretty awesome to catch that. But oh, I don't know. Sorry, Sin, I interrupted you. I got nothing else to say. Yeah, no. nothing. Hey, your eyebrows doing okay? Yeah, they grew back. Okay, <laughs> my coworkers <laughs> didn't even notice. Again. <laughs> my coworkers didn't notice except like um one coworker did and um he said he like it was like our head uh, it was one of the heads at my job mm-hmm. he comes over and he's like oh i heard you had to shave your eyebrows because you lost something 
and he's like, that's not good. That's not good. You know, failure isn't tolerated, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. Like, I'm like that, that gives me great con- uh, confidence. Thank you. Uh, what were you going to do if you lost this time, Sin? Um, I said before I was going to shave my whole head, but okay. I did that during the summer because it was really, really hot. Hmm. Hmm. So. Yeah, that kind of takes the punch out of it, doesn't it? I don't think yeah. we had any good wagers this time. No gambles or I mean, risks. The big wager oh, yeah. was between me and Sphia. If we won the tier, I would quit Fake Grand Order. All right. And we won the tier, and I quit <laughs> Fake Grand Order. You can delete your account? <laughs> I mean, I uninstalled the app, so I don't have access to my account anymore. You really got to delete the account. Sell it. Oh, no. <laughs> Just delete it. Don't do not do anything else. It's gone forever. There's no way to recover it. That's true. Yeah, you know, things are a little quiet before I mean, if I were to, like, go to, like, customer service and put in a lot of effort, I would get my account back. But right now, I don't really have access to it. Okay. <laughs> what were you saying, Brian? Sorry. Uh... I was just saying that I we didn't really talk to a whole lot of other teams before, and honestly, even after Prague, like it's been just kind of radio silence. Hmm. We just haven't communicated. The haters got shown what we can actually do. Did they? <laughs> I, I mean, maybe, but I mean, it, we just we just people are tired, exhausted, busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's also a super busy time of the year. Yeah. So I think a lot of people were like getting ready for Christmas doing the prog and now they're back to getting ready for christmas or resting after prog and then going straight back into that so mm-hmm. honestly super busy time of the year so you know i also think it's partly that a lot of the teams that we thought were going to be like high up on the rankings like one two and three were not that is so, like, surprising like everyone was really gunning for like silink uh to be kind of one of the top runners but they they weren't at the top uh, I got seven, and then yeah. like Entropy got six, and Tempest mm-hmm. got fourth. We we're kind of hoping they got second. Yeah, same FC and everything. <laughs> but yeah. Tempest was an A second at least. Yeah, they'll do better next tier. Every tier they do better than the previous. You can go look it up. It's Statistically, true. they're going to get third, second, or first next tier. Didn't they get third or something in first? Uh, or not third, like fourth or fifth. They got and- six. Uh, who? Not really. Tempest. I thought Tempest was fifth. In yeah, first. Tempest was six. Uh, oh. in birth. Yeah. Well, they're still doing better. Well. They do better every um, single tier. I heard somebody say, uh, "Like you're about to say something." Oh, could have been me. Um, before the tier, mm-hmm. it's actually interesting. There was there was a Twitter poll floating around about the expectations of who would win this tier. <laughs> And it was overwhelmingly JP. And then it was like EU a little bit ahead of NA. So it's kind of interesting what public opinion was going into this. I think everyone really just expected Silink to, or just, you know, another JP team to smash it out of the park. Well, I mean, a lot of history with the World Race has like a group popping up, winning, and then just like going uh, super, super hardcore and just clearing every tier after it. But I don't know, maybe everything just got really relaxed with nine months of no no world racing, ten months of no world racing, is that right? Yeah, ten months. Uh, without there being a race, there's no ultimate, no other savage, it was just all kind of... I mean, I guess you could consider some other things world race in the game, like the crafting stuff and all the other stuff, but in this, this realm... 
I I would also consider this tier to be a little different in the sense that there's a lot more animations that you have to pay attention to, a lot more memory games that you have to do mm-hmm. um, in terms of what's coming next. Like the, when you see a cast bar, it doesn't tell you everything you need to know, which is normally not the case in Savage. There might be one or two mechanics like that, but in this tier, there's a lot more than that. So coming out of the gate, the fights did feel a little different. Hmm. And I would also say that contributed to this tier being very mentally exhausting compared to others. And I I felt like this tier was the strongest in terms of competition we've had this expansion. Hmm. A a lot of teams going in where I looked at them like, hmm. Like, I'm actually not too confident on our chances, but I'll, you know, obviously I'll play the best I can. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of really strong ones. Uh, You know, there's also, I think it's the uh, kind of uh, Southeast Asia, uh, kind of Australian one. Uh, Was it runs for uh, Kianspraag? Is that right? Yeah, so that's that's the Tonbury group. They're, Mm -hmm. They're looking really strong. They've got some super solid players in there. Yeah, it was and really I think awesome. It's, what, their second time progging together, so I mean they're only going to get better too, which is terrifying prospect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm excited to see that because I mean uh, we had Move before, who I think what, they were world second for T. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, and so like that's a whole another. It's so funny because like those groups get labeled under the the JP side. Uh, just because they play on JP servers. Uh, but that's really that kind of S- Southeast Asian uh, Australian groups that are really doing strong that no one really thinks about. Uh, but they're out there, and it's really awesome to see them uh, come up and show what they can do. I mean, the other teams that we're looking at, uh, again, Tempest getting fourth uh, was awesome. So you guys had two groups in the top five. Yep. So- so, I mean, Radiance is now, like, uh, the new big NA rating FC. I think that was Phantom's goal. Okay. So, it's kind of good that that worked out the way that it did. Um, yeah, you know, it would be interesting to see. I mean, obviously, it's kind of difficult to label a region OCE because mm-hmm. it's on the JP server. But, yeah, I mean, that third group is definitely an OCE group. Uh, yeah. It's really cool that they were able to come through and get third. Yeah. To be fair, they have, a, they have a lot of talented players. So, yeah, yeah, it's also difficult because no matter where they play, they're at a ping disadvantage too. So if that ever gets resolved, it will be even scarier. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've been gunning for it. You know, Ethis has talked to me multiple times. Like his, the question he keeps talking, uh, he keeps asking Yoshida is like, when are those servers coming? Uh, and at some point it may come, you know, uh, they may have that one, at least one data center that they push down there. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, and we also have some other groups. Uh, it, it, we saw Entropy, they're back uh, with their kind of new formed group, which I think they were, when I was talking to Zep, he said they were kind of just testing the water to see how you know they do and everything else. They weren't making a big deal out of it, but they did really good. They were the first, of course, in EU to get the clear, uh, and there were six here. Uh, with mm. like kind of not a super, I think four of them play together normally, and then there's four new players. I can't remember. Yeah, it's a lot of the old entropy faces that we know from the really really dominant team through uh, like what was it, Stormblood? Mm. Yeah. 
but definitely some new faces in there which kind of changed the dynamic of the team and i guess they just got to find their footing again yeah but for a first showing as a, as a new core that was pretty pretty impressive yeah yeah we know a lot of those players individually um we we play with them very frequently so we know that they're good mm-hmm. we know what they're capable of so i'm sure i'm almost positive that they're they're capable of winning any tier honestly yeah. If, they play, yeah. if they play to what they're capable of, they're absolutely capable of winning any tier. So, yeah. Uh, well, we'll see how that works out. I think that, uh, I mean, ultimate's going to be, you know, I always, it's, I don't usually group Savage and Ultimate together because I feel like it's two completely different world races. Um, it is. So it's starting to get a little bit closer with the need to actually have to sleep the first day. Yeah. Uh, Usually that's not like the the main difference was always just a straight sprint and clear and just don't sleep whatever you could put out that first day. But now it's a two day tier, so it's not too far off as it was before. Uh, but I mean, ultimate going for five days on a single fight uh, with a, a much more complicated puzzle, it, it's a little bit different than doing the sprint with uh, Savage. So I don't know. Do you think all these teams are all going to go for ultimate as well? If you had to just guess. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know about the JP teams because they tend to kind of disappear and reappear as mm-hmm. different entities with different members all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of just how they are. That's how they operate uh, with the exception of like Psylink and one ace and stuff like that. But, Mm-hmm. When it comes to like the EU teams and the other NA teams that were present, they'll absolutely be probably all the same members, most likely, maybe with a couple changes, and they will absolutely be gunning for the first clear of the ultimate. Yeah, if you see April. different rosters for ultimate, it's not going to be probably because of teams imploding or changing people out. It'll probably be more to do with schedules mm-hmm. and getting time off for a longer tier, things like that. Yeah. I mean, for ultimate... I, I would assume most people who are going to do it schedule either one week or they schedule two weeks. Um, it does look like Ultimate is we're kind of safely in that one week span now, but I mean, it's possible SC could go a little overboard and go into the two week again. Uh, but I think the two week from the first one was just because we weren't expecting it, right? Have you ever tried taking? Off a week of work, Frosty. Yeah, that's yeah, not happening, man. It's hard. <laughs> it is. It is. I, I took I'm, off three days. That was most of my vacation time. <laughs> so I know yeah. that I can get like myself, and I my job's very good at giving me off. Is like I'm gonna get the four days off for like Tuesday through Friday. If it goes beyond those days, that's it. We're done. It's okay. it's not even at the point where it's like, oh, you can't do that. It's more along the lines of. Like you take more than a week off for some of us and it's our jobs are like, dude, please, we need you right now. We're like effed without you. Please come back. Like help. Yeah, no, (laughs) I dying. Uh, That kind of thing. Because you you, all the jobs, most are so the jobs that we all work at, most of them uh, depend on you being there and your presence could be missed. Uh, I know that as soon as I walked in Friday, they were like, well, you missed like the, you know, the power going out and like all these other things happening and they were just short staff dealing with all these IT issues uh, while I was going out. I'm going to be honest, I didn't feel bad. <laughs> but but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, I can see the effect of me being gone for a while. 
some reason yeah. so like when i was gone and everything i have a team that i'm running now at work and apparently the day i took off the main person who was meant to replace me called in sick for the rest of the week so oh. they were down two people the whole week and i had to come back early on friday nice yeah, yeah that's about the wrong target yeah, you were, Jesus. You were talking about um, ultimates looking like they're getting progressively shorter, but I think in T, mm -hmm. the first kill time was kind of a not, like, an anomaly because we were the only group that even cleared at week one. So if you look at... If that kill didn't exist, everything else is over a week at that point. So maybe it's not getting shorter, maybe it is. It's kind of hard to say when you've got such like a big disparity. But there. it was such a gotcha, you know? It was <laughs> it was one of those that, that, I don't know. That that one part, which you're probably referring to, wasn't, you don't wasn't think the so? big time sink. No, that was six, seven hours for us and maybe a day for most groups. It was warm. It, I think if you look at it, because it, we looked at it, because we wanted to make sure we understood what happened that tier, pretty sure it was wormhole. When, when it's all said and done, it's it's literally wormhole. That is the big time difference for most groups. Okay. Obviously, you have the natural stuff like oh, they you know some groups are a little behind on, you know, brute justice cruise chaser or you know another mechanic. But it, for most groups, it's it's just wormhole. And if you look at other groups that were pugging and progging T at the time, it's all wormhole. It's either <laughs> your your pre wormhole or your post wormhole, really. It's so the most wormholes I've ever heard in a straight sentence, uh, I think, in my know. life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, was there any other teams that you guys were thinking about that um, uh, it's just kind of interesting to see where they placed or uh, that you were a little bit more concerned about but didn't really turn out that way? Um. No? I mean that, that's I mean that's as much as I expected it to be. I mean, you can't. I mean, I I don't know. I guess I expected Entropy to be top three. Honestly, the whole time we were, we were progging, we thought Entropy was ahead of us. So they're pretty or, quiet. Or, or like, or we were expecting any group to kill before us. <laughs> I remember mid E11s. I'm pretty sure I heard Phantom say something like JP killed this already. I wasn't sure if he was telling the truth or not. And I'm like, oh man. Are we are we throwing? But it turns out no. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's... we don't even know that to be honest with some of the JP groups because uh, I mean, if we yeah. go back and look at the FF logs, maybe we can analyze something there. But go ahead, Svi. I th I think a lot of them only actually report if they're first. But um, I was gonna say, it's also this isn't like a PvP game where we're having to scout other teams. Mm -hmm. So we actively try to avoid focusing too much on other teams, like just focus on exactly what we're doing. Uh, the, other, the way that other teams play literally cannot affect us. Only we can and our mental. Uh, so getting distracted by anything outside of our team and the way that we're playing isn't really ever going to help in any way. You're actually absolutely right about it. That's what makes the world race, I think, great, in my opinion, is that uh, you're always just trying your best to to do as well as you can it's never like oh this other person made us lose because they're so good uh so it kind of creates a little bit more of a wholesome atmosphere uh competitive atmosphere a lot better uh sportsmanship uh until you know someone is trying to take your players away from you and you know make them do commentary or something 
Oh, no. Oh, no. You know what What will happen is that, like, what's going to happen next time is Entropy is going to give me uh, $2,000 to buy Cleese for the commentary. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't even know what's 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 being spammed in chat. What is this? Some meme. I think is this a new meme that was just created? This is this was like I don't know. It's not new because I remember seeing it before. JPAK Jabated PogChamp is a static on Aether that often tricks <laughs> RustyDB while updating the World Risk spreadsheet. They're known for doubting the final boss. Uh, of the tier 42 minutes after patch comes up and being congratulated by everyone. I have never really heard that. I mean, I, I know that uh, in, I think in Shiva, my personal raid group, we called ourselves JP. Oh, no, I remember <laughs> that. And you know what? I, I changed that name, uh, if I remember right. You did, yes. <laughs> so uh, I think it was something like Cleez is a Dirty Liar. Uh, it was, it was uh, Cleese's Pit of Lies. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, jeez. All right. Cleese, just to go on that, again, we were talking about this a little bit during the event, and I, I you made you made scheduled tweets to troll people, is that right? Uh, essentially, yes. Um, you know, back in the third grade, a classmate of mine once told me, Hey, Cleese, does your mom know you're stupid? And I was like, no. But then I realized what just happened. Ever since then, I've just been doing stupid stuff for the rest of my life. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Cleese, goddammit. Alright, um... So let's talk about the tier. Let's let's talk about it from a world prog point of view and everything else. Do you guys remember E9S at all? Yes. Kinda. Okay. Yo, oh my god, someone asked us that question. Someone's like, do you, so we were talking about like and someone was like, Do you remember what we did for E9S for like this mechanic? I'm like, I don't even remember what the the hell the boss was. It, it took me a second. I was like, Oh yeah, it's Cloud of Darkness, God, mm-hmm. I don't remember now. Uh honestly it was a blur for me. Let let's start from the fight. Uh start at the beginning of the fight. What do other people think? Disappointed. Okay. It's the first fight. <laughs> <laughs> of the team. I, I like the platform phase. Yeah, I, I think I think a lot of us when we saw the platform phase on stream, we started like theory crafting what they could do with it, and they did almost none of it. They did some of it, like um all of us having to compress to one side mm-hmm. at one point. But I think we expected more of that phase and the like whole bowls or like vines or whatever you call it, that phase. That was more the wall because there's no clear way of determining how those mechanics work half the time. You would just, mm-hmm. everybody would die and be like, okay, what killed us? We don't know. And the platforms are just way more fun. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It felt kind of like cheap. Cause it's one of those mechanics where, Oh, it's stack into chariot into sides, but you won't know until she does it. And then you got to write it down for next attempts for mm-hmm. the platform thing is like, Oh, if two people stand on the same one, we just fall through and die. It's like a like that whole part where like the, she cleaves half the room 
while the platforms are up, that's really fun. Where everyone has to run to one side without tripping on each other. Or I gotta ask you, what are you playing right now? What are you doing? Oh, you can hear my keyboard. I'm sorry. No, it's good. No, I heard it. I, I heard it when you were talking a little bit. It sounded kind of intense, like you're you're shooting people or something. So I was typing in a DM. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, <laughs> so I guess the the one thing that I would like to talk about is that it took about one lockout. Is that right? Uh, I think so. Yes. I don't think we had to rezone for that. We don't know. No. Okay. Uh, so when you're going through there, was there any point within that fight you're like, okay, we need to stop and talk? Or was it all like super obvious you just kind of blasted Empty air, baby. Empty that, air. Was, that was the mechanic that was just completely obfuscated by all the graphics they throw at us. Yeah. It was hard to tell what was going on. Not to mention the, the even when you do see the beams coming out, it was hard to tell that there were like tank specific sections and and then player specific ones. Like we knew we needed to be in the wall, but you like scrunch all together and you can't tell why you're dying. Mm-hmm. So the visible yeah. was hard. It's hard to sort out why. You're gonna you're gonna hear visual clarity being a problem a lot when we talk about this tier. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Which which isn't a bad thing. That's part of that problem solving. Terrible thing. I disagree. Fight. I'm a big fan of visual clarity because it can be very hard in this game sometimes to see things. And I, pre- I prefer getting advantages from trying different things in terms of positioning to solve a mechanic by getting the visual clarity. Like Getting good visual clarity is something you can strategize around. You mm-hmm. can plan to move people around in different places or spread out in particular ways to be able to easily see what's going on. Um, and that's a, that's a strategy. It's a, it's a skill. Mm. And I don't mind you it so much. You ever to I, see a boss animation? Well, it has a Fire 4 animation over it. <laughs> Turn on was... everyone's animations and you will not be able to see the boss ever again. I think that was part of the problem. We weren't really sure what was happening for anti-air or, uh, what's the other one? It's like anti-air and... Wide, wide angle? Wide angle, yeah. It was like anti-air and wide angle. We like weren't sure what was happening because we couldn't see everything. Everyone would just die. We're like, wait, but I thought we did it right. And, you know, stuff like that. So pretty sure other groups had similar experiences there, but we just just we, we just weren't sure for like a pull or two. Hmm. It, when, when we did it right completely and we still died, we're like, oh, tank's got to move out. There's just got to be, because we checked the damage, you just can see that we're getting cleaved like twice. Okay. It's a little obvious that, oh, okay, you got to get these guys out of here. And once we figured that out, um, a lot of the other mechanics kind of resolved themselves too. Because it was like, oh, well, I guess tanks and uh, tanks are out for this one too. Yeah, I remember we had that discussion. Hmm. All right. So if you were going to rank this, this fight, the first fight versus all the other ones, where would it fall? Bottom of the list. <laughs> really? Somewhere in the middle. I mean, you're comparing it against other opening fights. Yeah. And if you were to compare them against the ones of this expansion, I think it's worse than Ramu. But actually, it's probably the weakest of all three, comparing to Ramu and Eden Prime. Huh. Really? You think so? Yeah. I can agree I with that. So. And I did not like Ramu, actually. I hate for me personally. I hate. I hated Ramu. Um, I would rank this above Ramu. I don't know about Eden though. 
if it was just the platform phase, the entire fight, and they just made us do that, this fight would be great. But it's not. That's okay. it. It's not like a, a terrible opening fight. There are definitely worse ones in existence, but it's not of the standard that we've come to expect of opening fights, this, this expansion. I, I think you're all crazy. Eden Prime had the two-minute cutscene, and Ramu has the fucking, what's it, Furious 14, which is <laughs> miserable. I'll take this fight any day. Yeah, I, I, I agree, I like I agree with Ara. Uh, I actually don't think Cloud is very bad. I think it's a good fight. I think Eden I, Prime was a good opening fight. That was a great opening fight to the entire expansion. As an as the OT who has to deal with the stupid Cloud thing in uh, Ramu, I would I would pick any other fight any day of the week. I just hate kiting that thing around. It's so annoying. It was it's miserable. It's, Isn't it? It's, it's, it's so the bad. Worst. Like, it, 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 is it a pain in the ass and does it make it, like, a lot harder? Yes. But it's, like, it's it's a, it's a hard in, like, a really horrible way. It's, like, not fun. Yeah, and it's you're like, just, like, how do I how do I just, like, kind of keep it just far enough where I can kind of go around this and yeah. still kill it? Every once in a while, it kills and I would, like, you and kill you're just, like, Shin. Yeah. I would, like, because we didn't really, okay, it would help if we stopped to talk about, like, okay, I'm going to be here and I would communicate. But, like, there's sometimes you're just trying to chill. And, like, Shin is just trying to get positionals and I, like... I like walk into his positional like point and he'll walk over to get the positional. I'll just murder him with like my, my AOE while I'm trying to kite away from the stupid cloud. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just bad, but I, I, I do not like kiting that stupid cloud. No thing. one does. No one likes, uh, kiting the bird. It's, it's such a pain. Um, I think that I'm glad they tried it because it was something for off tanks to do, I guess it, it gave like something that was not just a regular tank swap, but at the same time, it was just very frustrating to have to constantly reposition and try to keep up time. And it kind of disappeared every once in a while into the boss, and then it would be hard to see. It was just it didn't work out the way that I would hope it would. Yeah, I mean, I. I'd like to compare um, Cloud to E1S because I think that's a better comparison. Okay. And I and I think that E1S in particular had just a whole bunch of things that I, they were annoying, and Cloud did not have those things. So, for example, uh, Eden Prime had the AOE that was percent health, and so there was this awkward new challenge of that AOE into an auto attack killing the tank, mm-hmm. which was just like the tank could be at like eighty percent HP. And there's a raid wide going out, and suddenly it's like, oh crap, the tank. And I, I didn't, I didn't like that. I thought as a healer that that was annoying more than anything. And then there's you know the ads phase. There's the long cutscene where you drop, you can't keep anything through the cutscene. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at least as a white mage, I get to build lilies during the cutscene. That was like the only good thing. Right. But um, just a whole bunch of aspects of that fight that were, you know, I always thought pure beam was kind of boring as a mechanic, except when uh, all the dancing was going on and then you had to get behind the pure beam but it's just like a long cast telegraph that's it mm-hmm. i don't know i think uh cloud is a more interesting boss for, in many respects what if you compared it for final tier to final tier like e9 to o9 what oh, do you think about that yeah well, chaos. Chaos. chaos is really good it's hard to chaos is the boy man if i was right yeah true if, I mean, if you go back to A9, absolutely it's better than A9, I would expect, but like... Well, A9 is just... A9 is literally garbage. Yeah, A9 it's, A9 it's is like the bottom of everything. I actually... Uh, yeah. 
I think they're Don't. kind of relatable because they both actually try to implement a lot of new things. But to me, it personally feels like they didn't hit the mark quite right with the things that they tried to innovate with. I'm really glad that they're trying to innovate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm never going to say like this is a shit fight just because it's trying something new that may have been like not worked out as intended. But right. I will always be happy to see them try new things in a fight. Yeah, and that, uh, to be honest with you, that's why I always thought that, uh, what was it, was it A A5 is still, like, my top tier first fight. Uh, I, I don't think that there's any other one that I like more than that one. You guys remember yeah. of the monkey? Yeah. And oh, the, yeah. Uh, Maybe, yes, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah that was the best. That's, uh, that's going to be hard to top. Yeah. Uh, but, okay, oh, so... Rat thinks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the second... The second fight here, uh, everyone that I have talked to hates this fight. Okay, <laughs> so I'm going to be a bit of a contrarian here. Okay. If you can do, if, if you can jump into a fight that throws left and right mechanics at you and still makes you second guess yourself, honestly, that is an interesting and kind of tough fight. Some of the best groups I know had trouble with this. And honestly, dude, I I don't think it's a bad fight. I think that it could have been graphically a little bit better because mm-hmm. uh, I think that's the issue that a lot of people have with it. But if you can just throw a left-right mechanic at people and spice it up and really make them like question their sanity, then you're doing it right. I, I, in my opinion, I don't know. My other people are definitely not going to feel the same way as me, but... I don't know. I, I liked that fight, personally. It's funny you say graphically, just because, like, when we were looking at that one, it was one of the ones that was actually bright. All the other ones seemed relatively dark or dimmer. Uh, I don't think it's a problem with the actual arena. I think when I'm, t- when I'm speaking graphically, I think uh, some people had issues with the shadows, uh, seeing them correctly. Okay. Um, they did try really hard. You can tell they tried. They definitely noticed themselves and tried to make it more clear because, like, the, the shadow comes out and, like, makes, like, a weird angle off the ground. And mm-hmm. I think it's supposed to help you kind of locate it. But, yeah. Okay. Uh, that, that being said, I still really think it's a good fight. In my if you're having trouble seeing it, you need to increase your camera tilt angle. <laughs> Unironically. <laughs> I've played like this for a couple of years now, and it was it worked out perfectly i literally run with it at camera tilt 90 and a lot of the problems that i'm hearing from a lot of people are solved by that so because you have a black shadow behind a big black model and yeah i changed my camera angle mid prog i was like i can't see the sword the shadow's raising i need to change it and still didn't help because apparently i didn't change it enough Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i play with very close to the default setting for the game and didn't actually know you could do that until some time like a couple months ago to change it and i was like oh i'll do it eventually (sighs) and this tier was so damn hard because of that you can't see the sword you can't see the animations very well you have this shadow on you which later in the fight depending on where you're standing on those like purple um like tiles you got to be standing on later it covers the shadow this whole fight is just made in some way to visually impair you, and I think that's bad design. If okay. they fixed that part and made it like a little more visually clear to players as to what's going on, I think this would be a great fight. They've but actually for done. Now it's just frustrating. They've actually done visual imperity before with Brute Justice back in Midas. 
Midas, I felt like, made more sense, though, because the whole party was in a certain location, and you could say to yourself, there's one of three locations a party member is going to be at. This spot over here where there is no one is always safe every single time. You didn't actually need to pay attention. Do you, but in this one, you kind of do. Do you remember the last time people complained like this about X-Death's cape covering the black hole? <laughs> and Yoshida told us to just turn your camera. <laughs> it's the same thing. Just tilt your camera angle and you can do this fight. He doesn't play his own game, okay? You saw that double weaving. <laughs> True. True. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. So, um, is there anything else you guys want to comment on this one? This fight looks like it took you uh, in the range of two lockouts, maybe three. It took us longer than we thought it was going to, for sure. Uh, I, I think could... if we if we threw any fight this year, execution wise, it was definitely E10. It took us longer to kill this than it took McDonald's to kill it. So they so even though we got first on the fight, they actually spent less time than we did on it. Hmm. So from like a like weird like it's in it's, it's I think that's like an interesting metric just because a lot of people look at oh just who finished it first, but you could also look at who finished it the fastest mm-hmm. from when they entered and they they finished it before us. I know I didn't particularly play well in this fight, and there's, I mean, there's a lot to say about it in that regard, just partly because I feel like visual impairment, but there's stuff to do in it. Like, you actually constantly having to be moving around the room, making sure that you're baiting the right stuff, and I think that's great. It makes it fun, active, and engaging. It's just, hmm. I think people just don't like the, uh, the shadow aspect of it when having to, like, react to animations. No, what you don't like is that when you fail it, it's just like, hey, man, why can't you do left rights? Yeah, it's that too. But like, it's, like, it's, it's just left party. rights. Just hmm. it's a fight that makes you feel like you're dumb when you mess up. Like, I, I think after a wipe, I had to had to look back and be like, do I know my left, my right? Am I okay right now? <laughs> well, if anything, I feel like this fight in some ways reminds me of Innocence's design choices. So, like, you remember if you've ever done. Like, a long innocence fight. That fight takes... It's hard to get through the whole fight without anybody getting hit. So the DPS check is easy. Also, it's a primal. This one, the DPS check is easy, and getting through the whole fight without anybody making a mistake is, like, actually quite difficult. They, hmm. they did tune it too low, in my opinion, given those conditions. We killed it with four deaths, a healer, LB3, and eight damage darts. <laughs> yeah it's very forgiving in that regard we, we did have crafted though to be fair yeah we had crafted going into this i think last year i'm I'm not sure i'm pretty sure we did not going into that fight mm-hmm. so i i guess uh i do did i ask this already about if uh your your gold certificates i didn't ask you guys about this yet right Oh, okay. So gold certificates, you, Sphia was was trying to get people to get them. I'm guessing you guys all got them. No. Some of them. No. We got two. We got, we got, two. So we got We got two of them after having not only... I was going around shouting on every server. Sphia <laughs> and I had party finders up. The whole FC was farming Wondrous Tales, including getting alts on that had no content cleared to farm second chance points. Nobody got one. 
I came really and close. Then, I got I had eight out of the nine stickers I needed, and I just needed the last sticker to fall into place. I had a twelve percent chance. Didn't give it to me. Yeah, but that that's all fine. What really takes the cake for all of this is that we were offering twenty mil. And the moment the server comes up, you can start checking the market board. There are people putting armor pieces up for 10 to 15 mil immediately. It's just like, why? Where were you earlier in the week? Do you hate money? <laughs> you just hate Gil? That could be it. Yeah, yeah. The money is gross, dude. It's gross. Uh, all right. So I'll. you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, uh, throughout, throughout this time until the next, uh, the next tier... I'm going to just constantly do it until I can get a gold certificate. Then I can just yeah. hold on to it, right? Yep. Yeah, you can sell it to us right before it comes out. Okay, okay, okay. I need some money. So I'll start working towards that. Um, but yeah, so you, you didn't have the crafted gear going into uh, E9, but you had it going into E10. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that definitely made a difference because it allowed you guys to... Like, how close were you two in range? Do you even know on the, the last pull for E10? We were still ahead. Like, it wasn't close. Really? We were, we were like, at the part where the boss starts spamming AOEs, but we, we, weren't, we didn't even see the cast for the enrage. So you didn't even really need gear to lock that in? No, no, no. No, no. no even we needed the gear. Okay. We, we needed the crafted, for sure. That does a lot of deaths and a lot of damage towns. Okay, okay, okay. All right. So also, go ahead. also, I do want to point out. Uh, I do find it weird that they waited this long in the expansion, even counting T, to give us a tank buster. That's something to worry about. Like Umba Strike is no joke compared oh, to like yeah. anything. It, like no more. It's like so I'm gonna pop my invul in AFK. Like now you actually think about tank busters now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It was actually the worst tank that I like when I say worst, I mean hardest hitting tank buster in the entire tier. Uh, there's Ooh. it's completely unforgiving. The I tank, that. No, the tank buster on the last bad. fight, the tank buster on the last fight is completely immunable. Uh, if not by both people, by one person at a time. Um, so um, Umbra's worse from a healer's perspective, yeah. it's a lot worse. Umbra, Umbra we, I would pop, I'd have everything for it. And as a Dark Knight, usually when a Dark Knight presses everything, they get par- they get TBN up, they get the other tank helping them out. You're good. You have nothing to worry about. And this thing would just delete me from the field. <laughs> yeah, it was it was horrible. It was it was absolutely the hardest hitting tank buster the whole tier. It was miserable. The healers had to heal uh, in the middle of like him slashing the tank. Like he had the tank. If you want to invulnerate, you have to live through all the hits, and it's just like Jesus Christ. I remember double checking the tanks like I would shadow play and check their cooldown marks. I was like, did you guys really bop everything? <laughs> and because they're just getting Shrek, you know, it's like, wow. Isn't is that a good thing? Should they be doing yeah. that? Y- yeah. yeah, of course. Yes. Yeah. 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 More of that. Yes, they I'm should. A, I'm, a little, I'm a little against them doing that, actually, yeah. because when you have damage that high on the buster which it's great that we actually need to heal through it because there's actual healing to do now. It means I can't put those cooldowns anywhere else. Hmm. That's, that's, that's part of what makes it interesting though, because honestly, we have, we have so many, no, there's plenty because a lot of the time, like, okay, let's give you a really good example in the door boss fight, because we took gunbreaker dark Knight. Well, obviously we're not going to talk about that boss yet, but 
because we took Dark Knight Gunbreaker, we can just completely involve two of the, like two out of three of the busters. And on the other buster, you can just throw everything in the kitchen sink and live. And then for the autos in between, we have Gunbreaker uh, heal on uh, as well as Regen on Sindolf. So it's like everything becomes so easy. Like tank damage is not an issue at all in Door Boss. Hmm. Whereas for the E10, you get absolutely destroyed and you need heals in the middle of the slashing buster, even with all your cooldowns. Hmm. I mean, I personally prefer a type of gameplay that allows me to hit my cooldowns more so outside of busters to reduce other forms of damage to smooth it out and then somehow find a way to live through a tank buster. Although I don't think involving it is very fun or interesting either. It's just like if you, with a fight like that um, in the later half of the fight, those busters are pretty much gone. So you do get this type of gameplay. But early on, it's like I want to press my cooldowns but I know if I hit this anywhere not like 90 seconds before this tank buster hits me, I am dead. I am just on the floor. Mm -hmm. So you sit on it the whole time and you just don't press the button until it's time. And that's not very interesting from a tank perspective. That's actually just pretty boring. So I guess uh, one more note about tank perspective on these first two fights. Uh, you can move these bosses around and everything. Do you feel like... I, I didn't actually get to analyze it too much in this direction, so I'm going to ask you guys personally. Uh, is there a lot of boss movement that you have to worry about as a tank? In yeah. 10, not really, but it's actually great that you can because fights that don't let you move a boss around or there's like no reason to aren't as interesting later in uh, the tier just for like optimization or mm -hmm. doing something interesting. It's right now... I am sort of looking forward to that with that this fight is being able to move the boss around and figure some fun things out with it. Because E2, that was like the the boss movement boss, right? Yep. Yeah. You did have to move it around. Uh, and it, just getting into the right position and angling it right and everything mattered how the boss was facing. And I figured that, that added a whole bunch of uh, activity for the tank to just kind of have fun with it and try to optimize a little bit. Uh, and be careful with all that stuff. So I want to see that going in the future. But um, Can we talk about the shadows in 10? Yeah, go ahead. I thought they were really... I didn't even under, really understand how they worked Like when we were first starting the mechanic. I was so focused on like figuring out like why the buster was hitting so hard and what we could do about it. Uh, I actually didn't even think too hard about shadows themselves. Like I had to be told by my team. I was like, oh yeah, Shadow Keeper puts the the thing behind you and i was like oh okay and i don't know what i was doing but i kept place somehow i kept placing my shadow under the boss and would just kill me and i was like what the hell is happening like why am i placing the shadow under the boss i don't know it was just weird uh i don't know how the rest of my team feels about it i kind of want to the thing that them. i found strangest about those shadows was that we saw three different iterations of the way that they function across the fight and nothing that would really tell you that they're individually different from each other. So it was really, you had to learn the hard way that, oh, this shadow functions differently to the last one we saw, which functions differently to the last one we saw, it, which, you know, most of the time they have the same cast bar that you get from it. It's yeah, that sort of thing is 
almost like artificial difficulty it seems like in a way but it does extend prog through just making you fail to learn it yeah i mean and i guess i should ask that question too are you guys happy with prog if there's no way you can know until you see it and you read it and analyze it like you have to fail to learn it what do we call that we call it a gotcha <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean it really depends on the mechanic right like if it's something like basic relativity like some like dance like that Mm-hmm. then yeah that's fine like something complicated enough where you have to like look through footage to figure it out but if it's something like okay so red means he'll do a knockback and if you're not prepared for that knockback he's gonna knock you off it just kind of feels annoying yeah. a great example is shiva the first time she turns back to uh dragon armor like when she has uh i don't even know the name but when she the, she does the akurai and you won't know that when you see, see the first time we didn't know that we almost got blasted <laughs> and then so yeah. we're like okay you gotta move when she changes armor mm-hmm. yeah no i i i uh i remember that very much so uh okay so uh first two fights quick question personal interest how difficult do you think they're going to be in uh party finder I don't want to even go to the second fight in Party Finder. I feel like the second fight would probably be the hardest in Party Finder. Mm. That's just my opinion, though. I think, I think the first one's probably the hardest in Party yeah. Finder because you're going to have people trolling your tiles. <laughs> but in 10, know. the worst thing that can happen is someone gives you a damage down. Mm. Okay. Tough to I say. I look at 10, and I also have like this weird feeling that there's going to be something that we missed in Prague, and then there's a complete brain-dead way of doing it. Like, I don't know, stacking everything in a corner, and the whole fight just wor- plays itself. I already told you there's an easy way to do the hard mechanic in town. <laughs> the one where we have to drop the puddles on the towers? Like, he always does Shadowkeeper. Always. So you can just put the puddles outside the towers. Easy. Hmm. I... Are you sure about that? I am I sure know. about yeah. that. <laughs> the, only, yeah. the only time we saw eruption is at least when no one had a tether, or when yeah. no one had a yeah, no one had a shadow. We saw it like our first time there, and then we're like, okay, we need to plan for this, and then we get there again, and he uses shadow keeper. And it's mm-hmm. like now we have to make a strat for two different rotations. But as it turns out, what sort of happened from there on out was so we had a shadow up every single time. It would always use shadow keeper. But we never put two and two together, so we made plans for both. Okay, okay. Uh, so it's funny to hear you guys still debate what is actually happening in those fights after <laughs> already clearing it. Uh, when but, you pull something so few times before you kill it, you don't actually get to see enough things to be able to say this is one hundred percent exactly mm-hmm. how it works. Because when you've got you know fifty fifties and one and yeah. threes and those sorts of odds you need a really really big sample size to be able to say for sure it works this way yeah okay uh well, the only reason i can say with confidence is because i watched a bunch of streams afterward and i went in and practiced a bit afterward as well and mm-hmm. uh yeah every single time it was shadow keeper first so i think a good thing to notice about that fight is you know that sword that he brings up and then the shadow slashes I think a whole bunch of us, until maybe around when we cleared, or even after we cleared, didn't realize the boss doesn't cleave as well. Yep. So we were like trying to dodge both the boss and the shadow at the same time. But the boss doesn't do anything. Hmm. 
Yep, he's just or he's just telling you shadows what to do. He doesn't actually cleave, which seems weird, but whatever. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's something they would have had in like the unnerfed version of this fight where the boss cleaves as well. Yeah, but, but you know what the thing is, we, we would have not really. You just do what we did. We made a box on both sides. We oriented around the box. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it makes it makes one safe spot versus two safe spots. Yes, type thing. It makes a strat significantly easier uh to execute and visualize i guess hmm all right you guys ready to move on to e11s yeah yeah are you man i this is the the one fight that was hyped up so so much before the tier came out that i'm not disappointed i'm happy that it got cleared that quickly, uh, but I'm I'm thinking there might be some people who might be disappointed with the difficulty of it or how fast it was cleared. At least, are you guys disappointed with it? I'm disappointed with the mechanics of it. I'm not. I mean, mm-hmm. after like everything Yoshida says involving difficulty comes in through one of my ears and just leaves the other, so I wasn't really disappointed. It was basically what I expected. <laughs> Okay. So I mean, I don't think he lied. I think that he said that towards a specific demographic that will be doing the fight, which is not day one, like me. Progression it's me. Players. Yeah. I think that fight is difficult for a lot of the player base because a lot of the player base are difficult at reacting to visual cues. Um, and this is all visual cues. Okay. I'm one of those players. This fight was mentally draining at the start. It got easier throughout, obviously, through grinding it out, but it was very tiring at the start. Okay, okay. Uh, if you can compare good. it to, like, Leviathan and Idol, there's just a lot more mechanics and things you have to remember. Like, they're not, like, harder per se, like, but there definitely is a lot more things. Dude, honestly, E11S, if you compare it to other fights, dude, it's it's great. I don't know why people would complain about it. It's it's a fantastic fight. Um, I mean, if you look at what we got in the past, you have E3S, which is, what, Leviathan? Cool. Mm-hmm. And you had uh, E7S, which is like, you could fall asleep in that fight and you would not die. Mm-hmm. You just pass out for a solid 30 seconds at certain points. You just would nothing would happen to you. Uh I can speak from personal experience. Uh, 11 is completely different. You have to constantly pay attention. Uh, Things are constantly coming at you, and you have to react to not only what the boss is doing or the colors, but you also have to react to what you get because what you get in certain mechanics is random. I don't know, man. I think if you're – like people who are enraged grinding it or like grinding it when they had all the mechanics done – probably have a different perspective because they were just grinding the crap out of it but honestly it was a really good fight i also think it took us longer than last year too pretty sure last year's third fight took us what three maybe maybe it was the same time does anyone remember uh i I can check it let's see my favorite thing about this fight was that uh we zoned in and i didn't see a square arena and a big off the arena boss which is omnidirectional that you don't have to position and does beam tank busters just thank god so you're technically right it did take you guys longer but uh like 10 20 minutes 
Uh, and I think that's actually... Oh. <laughs> so it wasn't like horribly longer, but it was uh, a little bit longer for sure. We definitely performed better in 11 compared to 10. I think we like oh, we yeah. we put up a better show in terms of clearing it fast. 10 was just kind of we kind of dragged our feet and didn't do so well. Mm. So I mean, you guys 10 is, a, 10 is a shorter prog fight, I think in general. Mhm. I mean, you did fairly well on uh 11 just because you you made a difference of i think 48 minutes with you and entropy uh who was running at the time and so you got a good pretty good lead uh i think the funny thing is i don't think entropy did very well on 10 either because uh, they wouldn't report their time a lot of people didn't do too well on 10 no it's not just entropy so the, I think I think the better thing to say is that the only group that did do well that was streaming was probably McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Everyone else just had a lot of trouble with it. Honestly, this goes the camera angle, dude. Are you, why can't you just do left and right, man? Just left <laughs> and right. Yeah, what are you doing? Uh, so I think what you were saying earlier, Sfi, is not having that off the arena boss. Uh, was a very relieving thing. Are you guys just done with off the arena bosses? I think they have a place. I just don't want to expect it every third turn because it it makes them be very kind of narrow in the way that they design mechanics specific mm-hmm. to that. If it, if it's going to be an off the arena boss, make it like Shinryu. Shinryu is like everyone's like, oh yeah, Shinryu, I've done that fight. Well, okay, we'll go back in and do it right now, Minai level. You're gonna get. You will get destroyed. Like that fight is actually hard. You, if you, if they made every off the arena boss like Shinryu or harder, uh, say for a couple things that we could be spared, like the ads phase, like why, you know, like why, like just <laughs> it's stupid. But Shinryu itself it has a lot of mechanics that like punish you for not paying attention. The bicycle is coming behind you, and you have another big mechanic you got to get ready for. So you put up your mitigation, and you forgot to move. So you got hit by the icicle. You were given, I think it's a slow, and it also almost knocks you off if you're in the wrong position. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think that's kind of stuff is, like, for an off-the-arena boss, make us look everywhere. Make us look all over the place all the time and throw a lot of stuff at us at once. That's how you make that engaging. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to agree with you because I mean we have been kind of seeing that often as a tank. Man, it's it's boring. It's really boring for a lot of the off arena bosses that they had. Uh, Leviathan was, I mean, okay, both of the third turns were horribly boring, especially from the tank perspective. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, you, you you're engaged for maybe like twenty seconds at a time when you first get tsunamied. Twice mm-hmm. in the whole fight, and for E7S, like the hardest part is the ads phase when you're running around the room. Like that's it, just little things you have to pay attention to, and that's the most engaging the fight is at any point. After mm-hmm. that, it's just a snooze fest, man. Yeah, the E11S is completely different, completely different. So that's the biggest positive towards it is it's not all the yeah. same. Yeah, okay. It also I mean, has. It also has a really, a really interesting mechanic later in the fight where the boss does like a disappearing act, which we were not expecting. I don't mm. think. Was that in the normal mode? Yeah, it was in normal. Yeah. yeah, I remember. I was like, it's just like the burn. Do you remember the boss from that yeah, dungeon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that. everyone refer to it as the one from it's the burn. Not the but burn. It's, it's never reap. 
It's yeah. nearly first I'm month. So like, I was so confused when you guys were seeing the burn. I'm like, what boss are you talking about? <laughs> what the heck is Never Reap? Never yeah. Reap is, is the, the Heaven's Word dungeon. dungeon. The first dungeon. The first end game dungeon. Everyone hated. <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, yeah. that it one. The, bird, the one with the bird that like, disappeared. Oh, yeah. I remember we just ran in a circle until we found it. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing, except now you have eight people, so you can just go to Proteans. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, 11 is kind of a fight where it's like, I one thing I really do like, about, I don't like reacting to the uh, lightning, the fire lightning, or like light mechanic part, and having to remember what everything does. I'm not a huge fan of that, but I do like what? how the fight just constantly has you doing something which i think is great because usually the best fights in this game are just throwing mechanics at you over and over to the point where you're just always doing something but okay. i think it's go on brian i was gonna say i don't agree with the fact that i mean okay if you don't like it it's whatever but i 100 percent think that memory mechanics are actually really good like if you're gonna throw stuff at me and i have to in like he's like oh hey here's this concept okay well i'm gonna bring this back and you're gonna have like no time to react to it later i actually like that if i'm doing something else it's like hey i'm gonna do this at the same time and like it, you have very little time to react i appreciate that i i like that Especially when you get like that one point in time where it throws all three of the elemental uh, line AOEs at you, and you mm -hmm. have to react to each individual one that does something different. Like that was good. That was actually good. I <laughs> really enjoyed that. It felt so satisfying to place your twisters, dodge the line AOE that expands, and then get in before you get knocked off the arena. Like, that was cool. Like, in in Prague, I remember the moment we did it right, and it felt so good. So, I have the same problem with this boss as I did E10, and this is probably a very specific thing to Black Mage, because the animations on the boss when you're hitting them are much larger. But you were talking, when we were doing the like the line AOE with the, the light animation, the one that creates the, you know, the baited AOEs. Uh, I remember, I think it was Ara was like, oh, well, just look when he shoots his gun in the ground. That's the snapshot. And I never saw it, not even once, because if a Fire 4 was on the boss, I literally could not see it at all. Hmm. And if you're going to have a boss, which is small visual tells like that for a snapshot, it's really important that you're able to see it, which kind of tells me that it's not made with the combat system in mind. I mean, it also has like, a pretty, pretty distinctive sound effect, too. Yeah, you can hear the gun shooting. That's what I used for a lot of it, was the gunshot. Because once you... Because, what is it, later in the fight? Um, isn't the set in the very... During, what is it called? Circle of something? Is that what it was called? Or cycle? Cycle. Yeah, cycle. cycle um, isn't, this la isn't that last one much faster? And it's just easier to listen to the um, listen to the audio cue for it rather than looking for it. At least I found it that way. So yeah, do you do you turn your game sound down? No, no, I have it up. It's just if the solution to a mechanic mm -hmm. is to turn off all animations, like including your own ability animations, I think that's bad design. Okay, okay. Agree with that. Uh, but it, but it had an audio cue. <laughs> 
to be honest, I, I play with my audio pretty low uh, when I when I do raids and everything else because uh, it just gets old after a while and I'll get a headache if I have to listen to it constantly really loud. Um, People meme me for having the music off uh, sometimes because of like my clear video, for example, there's no music at all. But I love me my audio cues, so it's part okay. of the reason I have the music off. I I love having the music on. <laughs> I'd rather have the music really high and the audio very low. Uh, but that's that's the, the casual side of it, I guess. Um, is there anything else, any eleven that you guys want to mention before we move on to the one that? How long did this lines? Voice lines. Voice the, lines? The boss was voice acted. Oh! It's sick. It's sick. I loved it's it. very cool. Love it. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like they definitely had to, and they had the voice actors already ready, right? I mean, these are characters within the game. This is my biggest grievance about raiding back in the day. All through Coil and Alexander mm-hmm. and... I don't think Omega had any voice lines either. It's just like did not. They, they did not want to give Savage Rating or even Rating and non-Savage Rating any voice lines at all. It was all restricted to MSQ and, and some uh, trials as well. 24 men has got it. Bless, we have audio. We have voices in raids now, and I'm just so happy. <laughs> it just adds so much to the the feel of the raids to have the character, the boss, talking to you. Yeah. Although, I mean, I, I don't know what the logistics are about getting voice actors and everything else. Uh, but I, they have to get it for how many languages is it now? Four. Four? Is it four? Yeah, it's Japanese, English, Dutch, German, and Ger- French. German French. and French. Yes, that sounds about right. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, it's the voice actors they luckily already had lined up. I mean, technically they could use the same voice actors and just... Uh, for new voices and everything else, but I, I don't know. I, I have to agree 100% that if they voice act it more of the fights, they would be way more engaging no matter what. Something really cool yeah. about the boss doing that one bind ability and it just goes, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was cool. I mean, it brings like, me... Go ahead. I was going to say, like, aesthetic-wise, this boss is just awesome. Like, the visual, like you know, he's like a mix of Thancred, Ranjit, and uh, I think it's Innocence, mm-hmm. and just like the voice lines and sound design, it's just awesome. Hmm. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, I actually thought it was going to get a little bit old hearing, you know, Eden's promise say joined as one, never to be parted, unbound by past or future in this one single perfect moment, like a hundred thousand <laughs> times. But uh, it actually never really got old. So you know, it sounds so epic. Good. When they say it, like especially on a late, the later fight, the last fight of the tier, uh, mm-hmm. we'll get to that obviously later. But man, so, some of her voice lines are so cool. Hmm. I, they really are. Definitely. I mean, we can go ahead and move on to the last fight if you guys want to. Are we? Well, there is one thing I like. Quick things I'd like to say about eleven. One, sure. I'm disappointed we didn't get to move the boss more. The boss is too planted in the middle of the room. I don't know. I moved the boss for the first mechanic so you could That's get up it. time. That's all you move. <laughs> Otherwise, you plan it in the middle of the room. And I think the game needs to really get away from that. But, like, we need to go back to a time when positioning mattered and moving around the room was a thing. Yeah. But the other big thing is you, I never hear anybody talk about the mirror phases too much. And I really think they're either underutilized or they're like they're an idea they had 
and they never got to fully use them, and they're just sort of there, because they're not that difficult. They're a problem you have to solve, but it's like, oh, here's four giant mirrors, corners are safe, as well as near next to the boss, just use those as safe spots, and I really kind of wish they did more with it. Coming back to visual clarity, by the way, that, that mechanic is good for visual clarity. Like, you freeze frame that in the clip, and you could see the safe spots pretty well, but it wasn't super easy to measure. So, I don't know, I like that mechanic. Even if they didn't do too much with it, it for what it was, it was, I think, well done. Okay. The center, safe, cent- the center safe spot was not immediately obvious to us. Like, we saw the edge once, but it was, uh, I think, Svee who mentioned the inner one first in Prague. It was like, wait, there's a safe spot in the middle. Look, it's over here. And then, like, the next pull, he was just sitting there. He's like, see, it's safe. Yep. And then yeah, we ended up having to use it. <laughs> had to use it for the actual mechanic, yeah, we needed too. That. Was, you can get a configuration where you absolutely need that spot. So that's, that's good. In reality, like, the spot after that, like, the die bombs, that was probably the hardest part of the fight, to be honest. And if it... If those did not exist, or they were just a little easier, that fight would have probably died an hour earlier. Yeah. Without a doubt. We had a pretty solid idea on how to do it. It's just a we matter fumbled of... Get, it quite well, a, lot. A, matter of, a matter of getting the words out, because we so, there was so much else that was we still had to talk about. We never remember to go back and say, hey, by the way, uh, pretty sure from where we finish there, you can go left or right and be totally fine so long as you move as a group. Right, just like we would always stumble through that mechanic and then recover with a healer LB3, and then we'd see a new mechanic. So we'd always be talking about the new mechanic and not how do we get through dive bombs without everyone dying. Yeah, I think it was right at when we had seen everything, including Enrage, we were like, hey, okay, so this has been a problem. Let's talk about it. Everyone go to the same spot, dodge the same way, we'll be fine. And we were. It was fine. They actually stepped the Enrage up in this fight a ton compared to uh, ETM. Like, it was a really big step. That's good. It went from, was it? It went from, like, what was essentially, like, a, an averse early boss on 10 to 125k raid, which is higher than Shiva. Okay. Uh, I can't wait for you guys to go back, analyze your videos, and have the Sfi strategy or the whatever strategy that plagues Party Finder and everyone figures out there's a better strategy, but no one will change it. On the topic of strategies, I yeah. think a big contributor to why we did really well this tier is our strategizing was incredible. Our consistency was a bit lacking this tier, but I think we had our best tier in terms of making workable strats uh, really quickly. We were... We were absolutely more consistent than last year, for sure. It, as hard as that is to believe, but we, yeah, our strategy, our strat quality was fantastic, especially, especially in the last fight. Uh, how quickly our strategies not only came out, but how good they were for uptime really helped us uh, get through stuff a lot faster. So it was great. It's really good. On the last fight, did you guys expect that the the door boss was going to be a tree didn't even we didn't even expect there to be a door boss to be honest with you <laughs> well yeah, yeah, yeah. Fight. the question is being through it we don't know anything about lore it's like they oh, yeah, were yeah, memeing sure, it's a tree. they were memeing about it in the famitsu article before prague about uh 
you know, the, the, the Stormblood formula was getting old, stale, and we needed to change. You know, that's why we didn't have door bosses in Gate and Verse. And they're like, oh, by the way, here's a door boss. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I saw this fight, and then when we, like, killed it, we were, like, fighting the Enrage at the end of day one. And I'm like, we killed it, and I'm thinking, that's, that's it. That's a tier. Day one tier. We're done. Easy. I think, I think like, it, oh, I got to wake up again tomorrow. I actually haven't uploaded our uh, our clear, but I think I say that in clear. Or no, no, maybe it would, no. It was a couple of pulls before that. I was like one day tier boys because you know we we were at enrage on the on the door boss. There was no way, yeah, no the, way with that short of a fight that it would be over by then. I was fully, yeah. I wasn't expecting it to be a door boss, but I thought we were gonna see like the platforms from normal mode back, and it was gonna be like some wacky ads phase. I was like, expecting that, yeah. The mechanics, at least to me, felt pretty difficult at times. Like they're they're not that difficult, but they're they felt more intense than other stuff we had gone up against at the time. So I was like, maybe this is how they ended out. Imagine the disappointment. Like, would you guys not be disappointed if that was just it? There was no uh, Oracle of Darkness afterwards. Probably. <laughs> I, I mean, we were. Been- we were expecting there to be like that whole ads phase with like the kind of similar to Shiva where we would go up on the platform and like protect guys' memories. That's what we were expecting. Yeah, I wonder why they cut that out. Uh, I, I don't. Maybe because you guys complained about so ad much, phase? They get so much a, feedback about really like boring phases like that. Mm. Yeah, that's something you'd have in normal mode, not something you put in Savage. Okay. They're. They're fun to witness once, but they're not fun to do repeatedly. Um, yeah. I'm also talking about the first fight. If, From what I've gathered, just from looking at VODs of other World Pro groups, we would have only won by about 90 minutes if there was no second fight. So mm. we made a huge amount of time in the Oracle fight. All right. Yeah. I would like to know how long... It took everyone to get to the lions, because that's I feel like where we lost a lot of time. Mm, me too. That fight, like the hardest mechanics in that section, were the ice, like uh, Shiva Junction. Mm-hmm. It was just getting everybody alive through that was a little hard because Bunger was kind of yoloed it the entire time, mm-hmm. and that doesn't really work. Well, it works because I mean it ended up working, but it's chaos when you do that and. Like the way we just did lions was really not great. It was it's pretty tight to do it the way we did it. So, but no, actually, no one knows how we did lions because we yeah. didn't even post a video about it. Our yeah. lion strat is absolutely unintended. Have you guys not posted your video yet? Uh, not no, of no. the door boss. No, no. We posted the the oracle. Oh, were you guys just so ashamed of like? How you know? No, so, so apparently I'm the only one that has footage. I'm lazy. I hate posting videos, but I end up being like the only one with footage at the end of the tier. I, I, I got it. I'm just slow. Okay. I have it. I can grab it and upload it to YouTube during this. I have the footage, like... but my microphone is muted, so I don't want to upload it. I have the footage, but <laughs> my microphone is at about 250%, so you hear everything. Like I shift in my seat, and you just want to rip your ears out. So that's why what I did for my Oracle video is literally take Keo's audio and just paste it over my footage yeah we were watching Svee's <laughs> we were watching Svee's video with his audio and it's like you can hear us talking normally and then Svee talks and it's just like, oh, bruh, 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 bruh. <laughs> like what the fuck yeah, if I, I'll, I'll upload it during our discussion 
and I'll link your timestamp, Frosty. And if you want, mm-hmm. you can like show it because I I got the part that was hard in this in this footage. So okay, it'll be very pretty obvious why our strat was terrible. I, but it worked. Man- at the end mandatory of the day. sprint. I think, uh, <laughs> Snapshotting AOEs, just. Hey man, if you got it, you you got it. If you can do it and you can go forward, then uh, that's all that matters. But uh, I, I, you know, it would be interesting to know all the differences and how long each person kind of got past these mechanic walls and everything. If only you know there's a better API <laughs> that could work uh, with uh, Final Fantasy fourteen to kind of help record this information. One day, I'm not going to have to manually track all this stuff. I, I know it's going to happen one day. I just don't know when. Mm, I'm not sure if they'll ever go that far. You have more faith than I do. <laughs> because when they start adding that sort of stuff, you kind of... I feel like SC is not going to like it. Because mm. then you start having time stance for when everybody clears. Yeah. And if you have time stance for when everybody clears, then, uh, you know, their whole bullying policy... What if they just turn it on, like, for the first week, right? Week one. Yeah, they they could do it for just, like, the first ten clears or something. Yeah. Like a like a temporary uh, achievement only for the first ten. They'd have to confirm them. There'd be people who would cheat their way through it. They can. If they start, if they start giving out things for that. Because they have tools on their end that has all that information, and if something is off, like, they can... They can detect that stuff if they hyperanalyze it, which is, they don't really have to hyperanalyze it. I think they have tools that can kind of say, all right, well, this damage doesn't make any sense. I can see that things are happening kind of goofy here, and they could probably figure that out. You say that until you uh, realize that there are people out there that use, like, GCD hacks and I don't know. get caught. I know, I, but the thing is, uh, those are, like, uh, I don't know, maybe they are, like, uh up in the forefront of everyone but usually it's people like way past everything where no one cares anymore and everything else but i don't know we won't go into that just yet but uh <laughs> yeah it's for after we quit and we do the big expose yeah the big expose of all the like horrible people out there yeah yeah, yeah. um but i i think that uh it would be nice just to have them do you know to give the achievement but if they could just give the achievement and put a more detailed timestamp on it, that would be good enough for me, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, if you go on the lodestone, there's mm-hmm. like the achievement for the last fight, but that's about it. Yeah, and it's like the day, right? It's not like no, the it's time. it's down to the minute. If I they have it down to the minute now, I swear it used so. to be the day. It might just be the day. Yeah, because that's what I remember I it as. It's just the day. I asked Yoshida personally. I was like, "Could you do this for me, please?" And he said, "I haven't thought about that. I'll see if that's uh, if that's possible or not. I don't know. Uh, I haven't probably, heard about it since." They probably just don't have it like backfilled or whatever, and then it would just be weird. Hmm. Oh, there's a timestamp in the HTML HTML file. It, but is that the timestamp that's like it's appears on the site, or is that the timestamp that it? got earned right i think it's the it's timestamp for when the site gets updated so it's isn't that when accurate. you log out isn't that when you when you log out at like snapshots your achievements or something like that you have to log out for that to happen i mean it, it's it's not visible and yeah it's when the lodestone gets updated so it's not accurate to when you actually cleared unfortunately I, mean, I assume they hold everything in the background as like a uh 
just a long integer, which is just basically a whole bunch of numbers that you can mm-hmm. have, and that converts into a timestamp. Yeah, that's the UTC, that, right? Yeah, if yeah. they have something like that, and that's normally how people store that information, it's it'll work. I assume they have that in the background. They're just not exposing it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we'll see. Uh, maybe one day. I, I just please, Yoshida. I would love to have an easier job where I can focus on other things and not just manually scraping through all the screenshots and the pictures of penises. Actually, I didn't have a lot of pictures of penises sent this year, so that's pretty good. Wait, you have pictures of penises <laughs> too? Uh, I mean, you know, they get a link and they can send me a link. Uh, most people are pretty good about it and they're not like spamming. Uh, but uh, I have I have had uh, some trolley stuff sent. I don't know if it was pictures of penises. I think it was more just like uh, a couple of Rickrolls, uh, you know. And there's my one of the people who helped me do this. Antonio has told me he has seen porn come through there before. Oh, <laughs> so uh, it, it's it's gonna happen. Any kind of open forum like that is gonna have people troll. Uh, he says, yeah, he has seen it. Uh, and then there's a lot of stuff where like people don't send it in, so I have to kind of scowl, scour through uh, Twitter and what chat's telling me, and it's like it's such a a complicated mess to get all that stuff up. Once like FF logs is good, though it's it's not so bad because I can kind of rely on that mostly. Uh, yeah, but- that one JP, <clears throat> that one JP team that cleared they mm-hmm. cleared on that other what <laughs> streaming site. Thankfully, the the uh, guy posted it to Twitter. It's Arthas's. Yeah, yep, yep. It's strange. The world's second team's not on FF Logs, and I don't think they will be unless if they upload it, if they ever do. Uh, I, I don't I don't really know what happened with that, but that's why you can't really depend completely on ACT. So I'm like this this buffer. I'm the, the beginning buffer before you can start doing that. But uh, it's, it's uh, I don't know. That's a whole other thing. We're going into my world. I'm, I'm, I care about your world a little bit more than my, my whole little world here. Um, so going back to this boss, and we're talking about that first part, is Lion's Rampart, like, the most notable thing? Is there anything else that you would want to, like, mention on that first part? Oh, man. It's just so late in that fight, and they put the hardest mechanic. Like, Lion's Rampant is the is the hardest, for sure, in that whole fight. And they just put it so late that it ended up just being this big stopper mm-hmm. um, for Prague. How's Party Finder going to deal with that? There's easy strats for there's it. Easy there's strats easy for strats right out now, yeah. Okay. We could even tell during Prague that there's definitely in a like brain extremely brain dead, not tight way of doing it. But mm. it was a mixture of not wanting to experiment with it and well mostly that. Well it's especially because the ground markers and the arena are so good for all the other mechanics mm-hmm. that you can basically devote the waymarks to setting up positions for alliance rampant, and that'll make it so much easier. Just if you get this, you go to this mark, and you just AFK. That's going to be really nice mm-hmm. in this, farm. This might actually go on, Laura. I think it's also because when most groups saw Lion Rampant, uh, it was like the near the near getting to the near the end of the first day of Prague. So all everyone's brains are all like low low power. Mm. And like you can't think like, all right, where do I point these so everyone's safe? Because everything is a cone. But yeah. Yeah, we didn't want to. No one wants to stop and like do like the visual math to see where things were supposed to be. Usually, when people get to mechanics like that in the middle of Prague, or at least um, they do it when they're low on brain power, is 
you start looking at the mechanic and you see where people could be safe and you usually try to make the safe spot pretty big and with the thing about that mechanic is when we were thinking if people are thinking about uptime strats you can sort of see how that would work but the spot becomes really small and when the spot becomes that small you're just like do we really do this do we put the time into it and like because you don't know if it's going to work. It's kind of like you're estimating in your head, and it's and you don't go with it. Then you find you come up with this other solution that are like this will absolutely work, even if it's janky. And my video just finished process. Okay, okay. I'll let Hold you. On. I'll let you find, let find it. it. Yeah, because this is like right after you just got past the uh, limit cut laser beams from the two stone statues. The Stoner Brothers. And it's like, <laughs> do, do we really want to risk a pull? Because that was also like. I'm sure a wall for most groups for getting past that mechanic. So once you get past that, it's like, do we really want to risk doing a uptime strap for line rampant? Mm-hmm. There's a lot, a lot of things to consider with that mechanic. Okay. Uh, what do you guys think about kind of pulling from the different primals and everything else? Uh, cool. I think having Cleez was sick. <laughs> that's, that's what I think about <laughs> that mechanic. Yes. Those primals were very for myself they were another one of those things this tier that were hard to see mm-hmm. and having Cleese there to help us was very helpful especially because once again running low on brain power and reminding us of things like when you have the store and it's like okay remember this 40 seconds later mm-hmm. no one's gonna remember it if you've ever watched wow world prog uh, specifically, I, I specifically remember watching Limit in one of the races recently. Um, they put what they would say is their best player on basically like a stream because mm-hmm. I think they're all in like the same house. Correct me if I'm wrong. Anyone who watches the Wow World race, a lot of them are in the same house, and he's sitting there watching them pull and he's telling them what's gonna what's about to happen. And we looked at that and we're like isn't that valuable? Isn't that like really good? What happens if you do it in 14? Well, if you do it in 14, it really helps you, especially when you're running low on brain power. Uh, it really helps you get through stuff that would otherwise kill you. So yeah. We got a really good sort of dry run of that, surprisingly enough in Bosia, where people would get into a duel and you would have people in the just in the oh, Discord yeah. channel, jump in and call out the dual mechanics for you, which is why we had so many people in our group of people running it uh, get that sort of the South title so quickly. That really demonstrated how strong not actually having to think about what next, uh, what yeah. is coming next is. That's, yeah, when you're nervous, that correlation. when you're nervous out of your mind, because uh, you finally get in the duel after being like one of 27 people, mm-hmm. and you have someone there to be like, talk you through it oh my god man so good i mean you guys aren't used to having like those automated raid call outs that everyone else kind of gets later on <laughs> throughout the tier i guess uh i mean there's plenty of room for human error too like there there were a, like a, a very little oh i mean few, yeah very it, few but it did it definitely happen. i definitely messed up a few times mm-hmm. or like it just wouldn't be called which is like whatever that's on us oh yeah that, that also sometimes happens Mm-hmm. That actually never killed us. It, it came close, but it never. It's mostly like I I'm, if I if time. I don't if I'm not a hundred percent because like I maybe missed it. I just won't call it. Okay. Uh, I want to bring what you said, Frosty, about that because it's interesting. Uh, 
the triggers like they they will exist eventually mm-hmm. like for the for those primal mechanics but those are things and you can see the way square enix is going with uh this new content is they're making things where you can't just take the name and plug it in and make the trigger like it takes it's good to make a trigger for that kind of stuff takes a long time so hmm. the, the way they're making mechanics now it's just like cast and you have to look or like restock or release especially with like uh the giga slash on e10s2 like the way they make mechanics is like so you can't just you know oh pl- i'll just plug that in and they'll tell me what to do later nice i i mean i like that because i absolutely despise things like I deadly mean, boss mods and stuff like that but it you can still easily get triggers if you know what you're doing for those specific things but there's some like a little an extra step involved mm. yeah it, it, the barrier to entry is a bit higher so they're not as common like you may still see the big brains the act aficionados mm-hmm. getting that stuff out quick but it's not going to be common so by the way uh send off do you know if yours is set to 720p or is it set to uh 1080 what you sent it's me 720 okay i just want to make sure i wasn't going to wait on it any longer for it to get a better quality there yeah so i record in really crappy 720p quality just because i don't want it to affect my gameplay while i'm playing that's fair so, so i have a i have a, a reveal that none of my team even knows right now that okay. was just delivered to me um, apparently, the world's second team saw their very first advanced relativity 19 minutes before we did. Really? Yep. It was 10.30 a.m. Pacific when they first revealed on-stream advanced relativity on the JP stream. And our timestamp was 10.49 a.m. on Wednesday that we first saw it. Well, shit. Damn, dude. <laughs> Which one of us threw? It's me. I wasn't <laughs> watching the stream. All right. Let's Damn, see. I didn't know about that. That's crazy. So, what that actually tells me is that, well, not tells me, but it reinforces mm-hmm. that primal weapons are a meme. <laughs> All right, hold on, hold on. Uh, I'm about, to, and this is your line strat. The you, you, the timestamp you sent me, right? Uh, yes. Okay. Are you guys ready to watch some stupid? <laughs> oh, is this gonna be on? all right? I'm yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna move. Here on. we go. Do, do me a favor, mute the audio. I it's muted. It. It's muted. It's muted. Uh, oh, just hear me screaming or something. All right, and so let's go ahead and give this a play. Enjoy the potato quality. Oh God, here we go. Four eighty p. Watch this. It's low bit Too bad. So, like, this is the start of the mechanic and everything, and it's. I can't fucking see what <laughs> primal it is. Watch, <laughs> watch the camera. Look at the time. Watch the cleave side. Watch, watch the what, what, what Sendoff is gonna do. Watch what Sendoff is gonna do. I had to hit sprint for this, and then I have to run through it. Head over here, and this is how we basically did it. You have to run exactly like how people were like, "This will work," but this is a bad idea. Oh, jeez. And you can see my buff, my buffs, and everything. Like, oh yeah, I could start hitting delirium now and doing damage. <laughs> but nope. no, not a chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah, looks a little the, active, not man. Not the best strategy ever. <laughs> All right. I'll go. So Tower of snapshotting. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good, man. That's pretty good. Run, run all the way to the wall, and then run all the way back, and then all the way to the wall again, and then all the way back. <laughs> nice uptime, by the way. The 
the worst part is the sprinting into a cleave just as it goes off, taking a very specific line mm-hmm. into it, starting at a very specific point, uh, and getting there at the last possible second before the lion snapshots is yeah, it's far too tight to be considered a stable strategy. But I mean, you used but, it for every clear you did or every attempt you did. Right? Yeah, you got it consistent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, There's a run somewhere as well where Keo walks off the edge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Damn, dude, yeah. you had to do him like that. <laughs> I, was just, yeah, I was trying to line up the lion to shoot out the edge, and I took a few steps too far. It's hard to see where you're standing when the lion's, like, butt is in your face on the edge of the arena. I mean, that's what you can... right off. If you look what I did there, you can put it to the side. And that yeah, works I, every time. Yeah, yeah. that's what I thought we had to do. At when we first started it, and even if you shoot it inside towards the other person's uh, lion, it doesn't matter. It won't hit them. Hmm. Like the angle's light enough, so you just have to point it generally off the edge. Man. It just it works, but it's still tight because if you forget that sprint, or you're just a little slow, you will die. And by die, I mean like you just killed the whole party. I mean, you guys say it's like pretty rough, but how many times did you wipe to it after you started to? A lot. Really? A we, lot. We, we wiped to it, like, in the lockout, we killed the fight. Oh, Like, twice. Okay. Yeah, like, the start of day two, I don't think we got back to Gaia for, like, an hour or two hours. Like, and it was all Lion Rampant. I hate Lion Rampant. This was the biggest wall of this fight. If that mechanic did not exist or was just a little easier or, like, we came up with a better strat, mm-hmm. this whole fight would have probably died hours earlier. Could, this was the wall. Can you imagine Party Finder trying to use that strat? No. No. They can't. <laughs> I, I guarantee you they won't be able oh, okay. to. Okay. It, it took us... Like, it's not... It's it's easy to do. It's just tight. And I also was kind of... It felt bad every time I messed it up because I have low ping. And then we have someone like Sphere who has high ping. And it's like, this has to be hell for him. I, I think Sphere's just used to this by now. I'm also pretty sure that for mechanics like this, it doesn't matter because it'll snapshot my client side positioning. Hmm. All right. So anything else on the beginning part before we go to the, the last part here? Yeah, one thing. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just... <laughs> I thought you were trolling me. <laughs> no. Um, okay. Did you know that the Stoner Brothers are stored inside the legs mm-hmm. of the first boss? I did not know that. Yep, they in her thighs. Stones they come out and the on the, uh, on the map. <laughs> and, the, and the lions are on her shoulders. Is that why you were trying oh, to what? Like, get like an yes. angle of like under the skirt that one pulls me? Yeah, I was trying to look at the thighs to, <laughs> to see the dudes holding her, like, body up. Be real, like, Pretty I cool. saw that, and then I just instantly went on Twitter and typed in Speed's trying to show me a panty shot of the boss. Oh, jeez, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. Uh... <laughs> I, like, I like that mechanic, at least. It was a little, um... It's a bit chaotic at first. Mm-hmm. Like, when you start, like, doing it for the first couple times. But it got, weirdly enough, it, ju- it just got cleaner throughout the time we did it. Well, we just had to keep doing it. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. I mean, practice makes perfect, especially doing that. Every single pool is uh, uptime or more DPS, right? I, f- I feel for the tanks that have to do that, though. And you're the, the, the main tank because if 
you put them north and south like we did or like the front and back of the boss, you can't see what your tether is until the boss starts cleaving because the boss is movable during that time. And if you move, the cleave's going to be covering a weird half of the room. So you have to wait until after the cleave comes out. And if you have one on the other side, you're kind of kind of screwed. I'm just glad that the Master Yi video I watched 10 years ago uh, came back because the Stoner Brothers returned. So I already, I already knew how to handle it. <laughs> nice. Video. nice, nice. All right. So you guys move forward onto the, the second part of this. Uh, and mostly expected it, but there's a chance that you guys were done and you wouldn't have to worry about it. Um, I, I'm guessing you're relieved. I, when you saw the cutscene, were you guys starting to panic a little bit? I saw the cutscene was that long. I actually thought, oh, this is actually a door boss. There's absolutely no way they're going to make us watch a cutscene this long, right? Haha. <laughs> <laughs> They've done it before. Dude, yeah. that cutscene was awesome. That cutscene was sick. When we yeah, were sick it yeah. was really cool. I have, I have, I don't think I've even watched it. It was, it was even better because we hadn't actually watched the cutscenes and we didn't know the lore. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, you know, it just sort of reinforces the lore that I found out later. It shows you in the normal modes. Yeah, I need to. Uh, I, I absolutely had no clue. It's like, who's this dude? I, I don't know what's happening, and that's what I saw every single time. I need to go into it and actually start messing around a little bit more with it. But yeah, it. it if you don't know the lore, it just looks. Odd until I mean, there, there's stuff apart about it that's cool, but just that whole beginning part where that guy's there is just weird and random to me. Because I was watching it's all you guys skip cutscenes, so it's basically like a secret boss. Like it's basically, isn't it? If someone correct me here. Isn't it like kind of like a bad ending a little bit? It's like the bad end instead of the good end. Mm. It's like the bad thing that can happen versus the good that thing that could happen in normal mode, right? No, uh, it sounds right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah. I mean, pretty much. <laughs> okay, okay. So uh, I, I will ask you this: uh, when that cutscene happened, you guys immediately started fighting, right? You didn't jump off the side. Oh no! no. If it wasn't, a, if it wasn't <laughs> I mean, a checkpoint, if it wasn't the checkpoint, the biggest throw. So, like, good. Like we knew. I at least I was like ninety nine percent sure it was a door boss because. Uh, like that, that, the fact that it had a hard and rage, like after the second obliterate, mm-hmm. it's like there's no way they would put a DPS check like this, and then you'd have to fight another boss after. That's that's ultimate. Like this is savage. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Also, no, we. Didn't, I don't think we would jump because like why bother? Like you would just waste like ten seconds. And, yeah. But I mean, plus, after you came back up, did you have like a sigh of relief, or was it like? I think the okay, side game it. when you see like the limit gauge has reset that text is like the the, the checkpoint text essentially hmm. yeah okay okay because uh, that was a big thing for me is just seeing if they were going to go forward with that or not I think that most of the community wanted to see that happen um, I don't know if this is going to be like their template going forward they might not do it with a cutscene going into the first fight or first tier of the next expansion but um this is like nine, 18 minutes long fight. Is that right? Somewhere, maybe 16? 16. Okay. 16, 17, um, something like that. Nine minutes and 830? Yeah, 8.30? 8.30. So it's about 17, 17 and a bit. 20, yeah. It's pretty long. 
if they didn't have like that checkpoint there, I don't think that this would have been cleared for a while. Oh no, it would be ultimate. Yeah. Who do we lose? Why am why am I why am I on the screen? Who's playing? Uh, looks like Oh, Shin. Shin said he had to duck out at some point. Oh, okay, so. yeah, yeah, okay. Just making sure. Let me... I'm going to go correct that, but yeah. Um, I, I'm... He should have said bye, man. He should have said bye. <laughs> a little upset by that. That's all right. All right, let me correct this. Uh, so, going into this one, first impression was... All right, we're starting up. It's a checkpoint. And then, how did the rest of that fight go? Uh, was it one particular part that stood out the most to you or was there like multiple different things? Are we talking about like the, the last part of the fight? Like, yeah. Was there anything that stuck yeah. out? I mean, right away, the right damage, away, yeah. yeah, the damage <laughs> that you take from the abilities that the boss cast in that fight. Oh man. The first thing Aura and I talked about, like after it was over was 44 K HPS or whatever the heck it was. <laughs> It's mm-hmm. so healing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is this so? I do want to ask you guys on a healer point of view. Is this a good healer fight? Are the healers happy doing this fight? Uh, yeah, I think it was okay. Okay. There was there was nothing on. So, it, yeah, I think it's really nice because it's very normalized mm-hmm. damage, and it's a mixture of like needing to heal at specific points. But a lot of the clutch healing you do actually saves someone life when they fail a mechanic versus the regular mechanic execution requires you to do some clutch healing in order to just succeed. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty satisfying because a lot of it was just your ability to recover somebody else's mistake is very high in this fight um, as a healer in certain sections, mostly apocalypse sections mm-hmm. where it's like if someone gets clipped by an apocalypse, they, they take like 80,000 damage and then they're going to die to the next mechanic. Right. Or you could clutch burst heal them, and you're not going to have all your tools because the raid wides in between are all doing like a hundred thousand. So the management's interesting. Okay. Yep. And and just in general, like it's nice to have a fight where we can finally utilize our whole healer toolkit because like verse was really lax in the healing required department, and now this this tier, or at least this these last two fights have been really high. So planning stuff out is much more satisfying. I've been getting super sick of fight. I mean, Shiva is a good example of a fight where there's like a full minute and a half where there's just no meaningful damage on the raid that you basically are spending your free stuff like star and, you know, horoscope and, and celestial opposition, things that you just pop and you didn't lose anything just to heal up the ambient damage. And then there's nothing else to do. Mm hmm. And I mean, to the point where, like, through there's sections of Shiva where you're just sitting on lilies because there's nothing to use them on. Like, especially post ads transition, there's nothing to spend lilies on for ages, and basically until you get to the knockback mirrors, and that just feels awful. Like, let me use my kit in a way that feels satisfying, and this just solved all that. You don't feel that at all in any of this raid tier, which mm-hmm. is great. It's it's like they finally understand how to design fights for healers to be satisfying. This is the first time in a while. Awesome. If you if you go back and you watch some of, like or like do some of the older fights like A8S and, or like other fights where there's a like just intermissions where or just mechanics where there's a lot there's just a barrage of AOE damage. Mm-hmm. 
the amount of healing that it takes to survive stuff like that, as well as like perfect mitigation and everything else. Uh, they feel really good to do. A lot of the best fights in the game uh, have sections where the healers are running out of options. You know, you're, 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 as you're, you've exhausted everything you have. And now at level 80, healers have more options than they ever did before. And it really feels like uh, they didn't have to use those for a long time. They never, they never really felt like they had to flex their healer kit. So, yeah, that's what, exactly what I was asking. I mean, are you guys pretty happy that the it's uh, reduced uh, damage output instead of uh, reduced healing on the, or actually extra damage taken by the individual? Uh, or oh, the like debuff? the damage gems, yeah, yeah, yeah. the punishments. Yeah, I mean that's that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how I, I like how it is like that because it punishes your ability to meet checks instead of just cascading to a fail. I mean, you can design it both ways. There's nothing wrong with the Vuln stack punish. I think there is. But <laughs> it, it, it has to do with how you design it. It's in the context of the fight. Like, do you want this to be a cascading failure or do you want it to be recoverable? And that's a, a design decision. I mean, from and, my point of view, it's like, it's from a point, a party finder point of view, I guess, is that the person who makes the mistake should be punished, not the people who uh, don't make the mistake. So it, it makes sense because damage dealers, the, part of, you know, oh, I'm such a good player is how much damage they're putting out. They won't care if you don't take that away from them, right? That's true. People care a lot more about a damage down than a vault. Yeah. They do. <laughs> so uh, ask, ask tanks about that one. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I, I can at least say with this tier and the damage, especially the raid wide damage was very nice to see um how high it was that we actually had to use mitigation throughout the fight. Mm -hmm. The plan which, mitigation. Yeah, like we have a macro at the very end of our fight for um the soft and rage, but like just throughout um everything, having to use it was very nice because a lot of the time we you could miss something and it'd be like oh who cares i missed something whatever we take a little more damage so you miss something in this you die oh wait wait i have the perfect example if for anybody who hasn't experienced gaia which i'm sure is a lot of people that are listening possibly you frosty yeah um, absolutely me <laughs> yes what, what, when we first encountered basic relativity yeah um we had astro shields celestial opposition we had reprisal battle and temperance all up and we died to the initial hit. Hmm. It's the single hottest hitting right wide. It's so crazy, man. That's awesome. Good. And for the uh, other AOE that is, what is it called? Shockwave something? Mm -hmm. that yeah, one, something like that. That one's actually very well designed in how it's done because I think it's about 58 seconds, something like that, between each one. So... The idea is that most of the time when a tank or something with a reprisal, which has a one-minute cooldown, sees it being cast, they'll use it. But by the time you see that cast, that means if you use it then, it's gonna not going to be up on the next one. Mm. So I'm actually we had some deaths to that for me screwing up um, in Prague because I actually had to hit my cooldowns early on the boss, like my mitigation before they even start the cast. And when I watch streams, I see the same exact thing where a tank hits their reprisal late when you normally would for most fights when the cast bar starts. And it's like, well, 
we're all going to take a ton of damage on the next one. And that can... It's like a small thing, but it, it helps a lot with um, being more engaged with mitigation because this just... The timing of it is so intentional. Mm-hmm. These things are going to go away when a lot of people get there, though, because Gear is going to trivialize Shockwave Pulsar to begin with. Yeah. And then it, the... Uh, it already the, is. The relativities are going to be easier. They're not going to be, you know, the same as Pulsars, but they're definitely going to be easier. I feel like... I feel like the damage this tier reminded me that maybe the damage in E1S, the percentage damage that the boss did, was an attempt by the devs to make a raid-wide damage check, or sorry, well, to make like a raid-wide hitting ability actually matter even if you had gear, basically. Uh, I don't know if that worked very, very well necessarily, but I definitely feel like on this fight specifically, a lot of the stuff that's hard that really feels miserable to get hit by because it just does so much damage. Uh, with gear, it's going to be trivialized, of course. So, okay. Oh, and by the way, Shin, did you do you need to duck out at some point? I already ducked out. Oh, you just came. Yeah, I saw you disappeared. You came back. I was like, all right. If you only have to go for a few seconds, then I'm not going to worry about that at all. I thought you were gone for good. Okay. No, I was listening. Oh, I appreciate it. Uh, so, I guess, let's see, this fight, going into the last half of it, I mean, this is kind of like a five-boss tier. Would you guys pretty much agree with that? To a degree, dual bosses are always kind of hard to quantify. Mm. They don't give loot, which is a really important thing in Prague. Uh, is it the most in-depth dual boss? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think okay. it's there's more to it than MNF and O twelve. So yeah, I'd say it, it could have been stretched out another two minutes and been a standalone boss, where a lot of the other door bosses couldn't have been. Um, so it, yeah, quantifying them as, as five individual bosses is tough, but it really feels like there is a lot to this tier when you compare it to, you know, Gate and Verse. Okay, is this great? Is this tier going to hold off for how many months do we probably have? Nine? I, ten months, maybe? Honestly, probably not. I mean, we're going to get an I, ultimate. But that's just kind of like, yeah, we're going to get an ultimate, actually, so maybe. I mean, I'm I'm in that camp of this is going to be a... T- like, other than Promise, like Eden's Promise, the uh, door boss, mm-hmm. other than that fight and maybe ten, I think this is going to be a pretty awful tier by um like july because like oracle of darkness is just it's puzzle mechanics exit solving the puzzle mechanics is fun mm-hmm. executing them first couple times is also pretty fun but when you're on like week 16 and you're executing advanced relativity it's kind of whatever and that dps check does not exist you got gear it definitely doesn't exist. You're probably going to have points where groups are just like, let's just eat everything. Who cares? <laughs> like, let's just eat, take the damage down. As long as we make it to the end of the fight, which with gear, you will. Mm-hmm. You're, it, it doesn't matter then. And okay. I think that's going to be one of the downsides of this tier. It's a very fun prog tier. 
but on farm after a long time, I don't think it's going to hold up. I think you guys are overestimating the impact gear has on the ability to just power your way through those mechanics. They hit hard enough with the punishment that getting hit, getting clipped by something you're not meant to get clipped by will be fatal even with this. So that's just my opinion. Though. Heal is adjust. Yeah, you're, I mean, that's how it is right now, though. That doesn't mm-hmm. change. Okay. Okay. Uh, I mean, it, you are right. We are going to get ultimate. Uh, but, I mean, ultimate really... There's only a small percentage of players that I think ultimate really applies to. Uh, at least in the activity of doing it. Virtually everyone who kills the final fight, or very close to, attempts ultimate. Okay, okay. People yeah. definitely do ultimate, even if they, uh, like, any any group that cleared it week one, they're going to attempt ultimate at some point. Players get bored doing the same content after a while, so, like, even more casual groups I see, they're just like, uh, we're going to go into ultimate and we're going to try it at least, and mm-hmm. some of them, and they end up clearing, because at that point, it's either the older ones are pretty much nerfed through the case of, like, stats and buffs over time. Or there, it's not as hard as they originally thought it was going to be, mm-hmm. especially when there's established strats out there. Right. It just takes them a bit of time. It takes and a lot of time. You said groups that kill week one. They're the groups that are like probably killing ultimate in the first month, not just trying ultimate. Week one savage clearing groups are among the top raid groups that are, are expected to be killing ultimates. They're the people that it's designed for realistically. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it is a true, uh, a good point, uh, but it would be established groups, like anyone who has an established group, not like Party Finder. I mean, Party Finder does exist. Yeah, you can probably clear in Party Finder and everything else, but I mean, that's that's a very, very, very tiny percent of uh, people. But with yep. Ultimate, uh, I, I feel like that, you're right, it is going to probably hold off. Uh, people might clear this tier in six months. They, maybe they're really slow and they're taking a while, but then they still have, they will, they will have Ultimate. To hold them off until the expansion. Um, so I, I think that we're probably going to f- see the most active rating this expansion has had in a while, uh, starting yeah. a few days ago. So yeah, I'm pr- I'm pretty optimistic about this tier because, like, comparing like it has a door boss, right? But if you mm-hmm. compare it to Stormblood, where like a door boss was like six minutes, and then the actual boss was just six minutes and then four minutes of the same mechanics you saw from the first half of the fight. Now it's like an 830 fight and an 850 fight and they're all their own fight. So I, yeah. I, I'm, I, it's, it's pretty great in my opinion. Finally yeah, figured well, out how repeating. Like there's not really repeating, which is very nice. I mean, there's a couple like, you know, casts, for example, in stock are used multiple mm-hmm. times, but they, they usually throw in some other gimmick in with each one that makes it unique. And it's, I don't know. There, it's nice. There's no. There's very little repeating. I remember in Prague actually, there are a couple times where Phantom actually said, "Okay, this we've seen it a, lo- a bunch. It's probably just going to repeat from here." And he was wrong. It it didn't. We kept getting new stuff, and it was different and nice, refreshing. Yeah, that that's definitely great because other fights where you get to like fifty, forty percent, and then suddenly the boss starts repeating. It's just it feels like a waste. That was one of my favorite things of going into Shiva was Titan Titan kind of repeats. It repeats in a different way. But like going into Shiva and seeing us get that boss down to 30% and they're still throwing new things at us 
was really nice. And then this fight does it again, and that's also great. Like mm-hmm. when they make fights like that, it's it's really just it just feels good to know that they're we're getting more mechanics, just more gameplay out of it, rather than I would say like take a fight like Kefka, you get half the gameplay, and then you just do the game again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I won't lie though, when when we saw Terminal Relativity and I saw I was enraged, I rela- I was like very happy because I'm not sure how much longer that <laughs> I wanted to go with new mechanics on that fight. I'm like, I, I want this to be a two-day tier, please. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the thing about Oracle specifically is that the second and third actual mechanics, the relativities, once you have them down, you're never failing them. So your consistency in getting to those later phases is going to be really, really high. Versus compare that to the door boss where you've got the goddamn icicles. That was a big point of failure as well. I'm sorry, could you say that again about not failing them? <laughs> failing the second and third ones. I mean, our success rate was incredible. <laughs> Ours was. That is not the general consensus. I was watching the World right, Second I mean, Team after we cleared, and they were struggling with the third one. They they failed it a lot. Right, but Wasn't their strat like vastly more brain power, though? What people are going to use is probably, especially for advanced relativity, our strat. So I highly doubt that many people will have problems with that. Our strat is brain dead and easy. Yeah, <laughs> you only have you have you only have one variable and it only happens 25 percent of the time. There's only 25 percent of the time that you'll have two people adjust at the beginning of the strat and then everything from there is static every single time. If I can do it, anybody can do it. Yeah. It's true. Basically, if the DP, if the DPS get double wind, if it's DPS that have double wind, just make sure that your quick march partner does not also have double wind. And if he does, you already ha- you pre-select two people to switch from each group, and that's it. Okay. Mechanic complete. <laughs> All right. So what else? I I know we're at like a little over two hours here. I don't know how you guys are feeling. Maybe you're getting a little tired. Ah, keep going. <laughs> keep going. <laughs> how, how are you feeling, Frosty? I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling okay. You know, um, uh, it's this. This is capping off the end of a very long and planned out, uh, I guess, couple of months. So Can- uh, go ahead. Can we react to your reactions on some of the material, the mechanics that you were seeing in some of these fights? Like, I don't know if anything stood out to you as being. I'm going to be honest with you. Interesting. The one thing that I found with planning this event is that I wasn't able to dive into detail on a lot of the fights. I'm going to have to read guides and understand everything before I go to any of them because I spent so much time directing in the background what's happening on the screen and kind of making sure everything's good that I didn't get as much of a chance to really pay attention to all the details of the fights. The things that stood out to me were all graphic. It's like stuff that I I could see uh, and it was like, oh, well, that looks really cool. And so a lot of those things were, I I liked the dog. I liked how the shadow was poked up as that L. I was like, that's kind of neat. I don't know if I've seen that before, but everybody hates it. Um, You know, and then there's things like at the very beginning uh, where there's the tiles, that was great. Uh, Seeing those kind of fall around and everything else. And then the third fight, honestly, 
I, I, since I didn't know a lot of the mechanics, a lot of the things that were going on was like, oh, I see a Thancrete here, you know, and that, that was it. Uh, so it was kind of sad from my point of view, so I don't know if I'm the best person to ask about it. Uh, some of our commentators dove into them pretty well, but that's the only sad part about all, doing all this stuff is that I just wasn't able to really go uh, and dive into the mechanics as much as I wanted to. You could look at it as a blessing in disguise, though. If you're still planning to progress through these fights, I mean, you'll yeah. have a relatively untainted uh, outlook on them. That's true. That's true. Uh, so, I mean, I will be kind of going in as your average player that doesn't hasn't really studied too much, which is so weird because I had this event <laughs> planned around it, or di diving in deep to the world first uh, kind of race and learning strategies and everything else. But I did take a, a step back and I made sure that I wasn't actually even doing much commentary uh, because I wanted to make sure that if there was an issue, I, I could fix it. That was just the, the multi-tool, I guess, that I would, if there was an issue somewhere, I had a, a way to solve it. But, I see, I see. Yeah. Uh, I did, uh, the one thing that I think that was one of the most visually uh, outstanding parts was the uh, Lion's Rampart part, because I saw that over and over and over again, and kind of seeing a lot of these things that looked like they were just the same mechanics that we've seen before, but they just kind of threw a couple of different animations in them and just made it look a little bit different. It was cool seeing those stone, the guy, the stoner guys, the stoner bros, but then they were just really the, the T model, weren't they? Were they living liquid? Oh, uh, no, I mean, not living the liquid. Skeleton. Yeah, not yeah. living like uh, the brute justice. Sorry, the brute justice one. I mean, kind of had arms out, kind of hanging out like the same skeleton. Yeah, that's what I was thinking when I saw it. Mm -hmm. I never thought uh, about that, actually. I mean, look at them. I don't know. I mean, last time, when we were doing the, the one with Method, uh, I, I, did, I will take my pride in uh, figuring out some of the, the Dragon Head stuff in Shiva with the commentators and just saying, oh, yeah, there's some stuff they're picking up off the ground and everything. And I, I felt pretty good about that, but <laughs> I wasn't able to do it this time. Maybe for Ultimate, because, see, if we do do something for Ultimate, we're seeing the same thing. <laughs> over and over and over and over again. So there's nothing to do but think about those mechanics. But it's true. Yeah. No. Uh, so this whole tier, going through all this stuff, is there anything that you're looking at and you're like, uh, well, SE could probably do this to make it better? Were there any improvements that you would see on your end that you SE still needs to make on uh, these raid tiers? DPS checks. DPS checks. Okay. I'll get the easy one out of the way. I mean, or, do you all or, agree or, that... Do, should there be, I like, mean, really heavy DPS checks at the beginning? I feel like if you can clear week one with a death and two damage downs, there's there's something that's a bit undertuned. Okay, okay. Yeah, that, that should not have been okay. So, your opinion is, if you go in week one, uh, craft it gear, everything else, you should need to pretty much be there and not have any mistakes in order to get the clear at the very least zero deaths so i disagree with cleason sendoff on this but that's just because i always prefer to be mechanic gated rather than dps walled i i dislike being dps walled mm -hmm. but i can understand wanting to have at least a clean pull i guess dps walls turn into primal weapon memes again yeah well, the, the, they're I not exciting or interesting 
it, the, I, the problem with me- being mechanic aided in this game is that it's all designed about, around being difficult to solve and easy to execute. So all you're doing is you're saying, can you solve this mechanic? Yes, no. Then once you've solved it, doing it is easily replicable, uh, like, you know, doable again. Well, I think uh, there is... You get to the end of the fight. Go ahead, sorry. And then, and then what? And then they can't just add mechanics which are harder and harder and harder to execute because they don't function that way anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the only check you have at that point then is DPS that you can oh. realistically add. I want to point out that the reason why why I also think it seems easier this tier is because you're doing an eight minute fight and then an 830 fight in rage. You're not doing a 14 minute in rage where, you know, mm-hmm. you're like per- per- playing perfectly 14 minutes as opposed to these short two fights we got at the end. So that definitely has contributed to it, I think. Okay. I also think we were just in general in better shape than the typical tier. As a group, we were a lot more like we were looking through our footage and our VODs after the tier was over and we were like i remember sindolf thinking to himself like i think he said vocally um you know the shiva sindolf wouldn't have made that play right there you know for damage and i was i was thinking a couple times too like there were a couple things i did where i was more aggressive than i would have been in previous years in previous years i would have just dropped everything to manage some kind of crisis situation that had happened whereas i mean somebody yelled at me for glaring during the enrage at one point (laughs) I mean, when we were watching the kill, I didn't oh, want all my other tools are out. I didn't want to see another like Shiva and Rage, and I expected this fight, while easier than the door boss, to be around what Shiva was for a DPS check. Because mm-hmm. in my mind, that's what they wanted. So throughout all the mechanics we were doing, my whole goal through it, especially when I found out that nothing I would do if I screwed it up was fatal, I would just get a damage down was just practicing greed, like, how do I get as many GCDs as possible throughout every single mechanic? Hmm. And the game, like, that is one of the, I would say, a problem with this fight, is that I was able to learn how to do that because I was never punished for it. Damage down is not punishment in the middle of proc. It's punishment when you have an enrage, but if if it's just a damage down while you're learning, who cares? Me and Brian were still trying to figure out how to do, like, double apocalypse, and we're doing the later half of the fight because, it's like, you don't really have to care about it. You'll mm-hmm. get it eventually throughout all these pools, but you don't have to put time aside to figure it out because your life isn't in danger. I mean, and I like that, to be honest with you. I, I like that style of play uh, because I, I wish the DPS check would be tighter in where you can't get da- damage downs for it, but I thought a lot of people were telling me that they were pretty heavy damage downs, right? They are like 50%? Yeah, they're they are 50%. That's yeah. why the check doesn't really matter. But it's, it's, more, it's more so what I mean that if I got hit by that, mm-hmm. I in the middle of prog, when you were learning, damage down is not a punishment. It is a punishment when you're going for a kill. If that thing would have killed me, during the learning process, I know that I probably would have approached the mechanic differently mm-hmm. because that meant like me dying while we're learning is a problem. You have your tank death then. The boss is going to be going all over the place. Something's going to happen. If I'm just getting a damage down, no one cares then. It's like, whatever. You'll figure it out eventually. A Vuln can change mitigation. It can change tank swaps. If somebody gets too many Vulns, it can change healing. Mm-hmm. But a damage down changes nothing. Uh, you just keep going and ignore I mean, it. Basically, maybe you have to heal up the damage you took in the process, but 
that's it. And then with a check that isn't as punishing as before, even when you're at that enrage point, the damage down is still like low value in terms of how much of a punishment it really is. Okay. Now, granted, or like this tier, we a lot of us just played way more aggressive, mm-hmm. and we worked for more uptime than before. So a lot of what we came up with had some uptime in mind. So like even with some of us taking damage downs, you can go look at the parses, and we still have pretty decent like DPS throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And that was definitely a factor that allowed us to actually clear early um, on the pool that we did. Like even though it was a little scuffed, we have just players playing better throughout the whole fight in from a DPS perspective getting extra GCDs where they need to, decent party synergy, just things like that. Okay. Is that the only thing, though, that you guys can think of for da- for improvements towards this, is to make the DPS checks a little bit higher? Sorry, my, my uh, internet cut for a second. It's good now. It's good now. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually think this tier was pretty good in terms of mechanics and... Uh... I I think the visual clarity did hurt in some cases, but for the most part, I think they did a pretty good job of of making it challenging to see and understand and then solve mechanics in a satisfying way. So, no, yeah, I mean, really, they're just fiddling around. I, I feel like this is the first tier where they've mostly punished us with damage downs as opposed to golems. Mm-hmm. And so that that is definitely new. And it's interesting to comment on it and, and wh- how it affected Prague. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Enrage, yeah, I mean, obviously. Yeah. They've been they've been really focusing on tuning, especially the healing and P2 of, of E12. Feels like they really concentrated on the tuning because it feels very good, very well tuned, aside from the Enrage, um, which is a little bit lenient. I hmm. think it, it feels like there's a mechanic missing in the fight, um, to me anyway. Like, single apocalypse and double apocalypse are just a little too similar. Yeah, there's the tank aspect to it, but I I, I don't know how the DPS and healers feel when all they gotta do is dodge to the middle of the room for that mechanic. Like, doesn't that just feel a little boring to them? You've got to spread and stack afterwards, but yeah, I get what you're saying. It feels like we need it just maybe one more mechanic, just one more thing, and it would be a little little nicer of a fight overall. So one other thing I wanted to talk about across the tier as a whole mm-hmm. is that it's probably gonna go down as one of the better ones to farm because it has a lot of randomization in it in terms of you're reacting to a uh, different order of you know colors in the eleven. Uh, you're reacting to different primals in E12. It all will give you different, you know, different debuffs in, in second half of E12. So every time you go through it week by week, you're going to be doing a different fight. It's not go to A, go to B, go to C. You then have to, you know, actually react. Uh, it's similar to what they said in the Famitsu article about the way that they handled designing Ramu, where they would sometimes give him a long knockback, sometimes short, just to change up the farming process and make it so it's not exactly the same every time you do this fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of that this tier, which should make it more fun to repeat. Okay. Uh, do you guys believe, I, I asked you this already, but I might as well ask you here too, that the incline and bosses, uh, it, it's exactly where it should be? 
in difficulty wise? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's better this tier than it was before. I still think that E10 is a little bit harder um, than E11, just barely, but it's better really? than it was. I think so. Yeah, but it's just that's I think more it's harder, of but it has less mechanical. mechanics. Yeah, yeah. It's the mechanical difficulty in, in, for the individual mechanics, especially if you're going in with no guide uh, mm. whatsoever. If you have guides, it's, all these fights get much, much easier. But obviously, that's every that's true every tier. But yeah. I'm talking about in terms of comparison to previous tiers. Like Iconoclasm was for sure easier than Fuhrer, a hundred percent, no question asked. Mm-hmm. Um, it was this just weird fight that was designed around the difficulty of solving this bird mechanic, where the checks were all easy healing wise, the checks were easy DPS wise. And it was just, it was out of place. And Leviathan is similar in its balancing, although not quite as dramatic, uh, Mm -hmm. in Eden's Gate, um, where Descent was just this much more satisfying, difficult, challenging, and variable fight um, with with randomness inside of it. And then uh, Leviathan was not. And it was was dull. Um, The check was a little more tight than Iconoclasm, but Mm -hmm. um, they're headed in the right direction. They're getting it figured out, which is really uh, nice to see. And this tier was a joy. Uh, I think it's one of my favorite tiers in a long time. I think this beats out actually all of my favorites for all of uh, Stormblood and this expansion as well. Okay. I'd have to reach all the way back to Midas to get a tier I enjoyed more than this one. Do you all feel that way? As a Savage tier? Yeah, it was fantastic. Ask me again in three weeks. <laughs> That's okay. the answer I'll always give. Because okay. right now I'm at that honeymoon phase with a tier, but I don't mm-hmm. know if that's going to last. Okay. But the the chart doesn't apply to where you hate it before you clear it. The, the, the chart where everyone's like really excited as soon as it comes out, but then hates it right before they can clear the tier it's kind of like the opposite usually i tend to like a tier when i clear and then it just kind of goes down depending on if i'll end up actually enjoying the tier or not Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i definitely never felt miserable like progging through any sections except for like right after e10 like i said because the left right's an embarrassment Mm -hmm. but shiva there was a point where i was getting really frustrated and annoyed um progging through it it was just it was just sad like failing so much and especially being enraged grinded and then ultimately having to go farm weapons Mm -hmm. Uh, i don't know it just wasn't it was it was not happy times whereas this tier was all good like all the progress fun so that's i mean a lot of that a lot of that in shiva was consistency issues though when you really break it down a lot of it was just failing mechanics that we already knew how to do we 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 fixed our issues with the look away mechanics that we had in shiva we had problems that's why that's why in my clear video uh the third screams i said we we conquered booba because that was our representation of the look away mechanics that we had so much trouble with in shiva (laughs) and we did we did much better this time okay okay shadow eye did not stop us so I, I didn't actually. I thought you guys were talking about boba. Uh, <laughs> like, so I wasn't actually thinking about that. But all right, all right. I was. I was like, man, I can go for some boba. 
it's, it's been a while, man. Uh, it's a Discord. It's a Discord emoji. Oh God! All right. Yeah. It's a Discord emoji where the, the Pepe has like gigantic eyes. Mm-hmm. They're sticking out of his. And uh, yeah, we use it to represent look away mechanics, <laughs> like Shadow Eye. Nice. Okay, so uh, real quick, gotta ask this question: What was uh, everybody's diet like this tier? Did you stick to a good diet? Did you stick to a bad diet? Hell, I ate a. Uh, I ate nothing but like turkey and salami sandwiches and granola bars. Not very good. Okay. Was ate. Yeah, bananas. Got it. <laughs> All right. I pre-made my meals. I pre-made chicken and rice with broccoli. Okay, okay. Anyone else who want to talk about? Everyone uh, usually I, eats fairly healthy. Yeah, I had my standard. Um, I usually go for the like salad wraps. The mm-hmm. um, so I had a I had a chicken Caesar wrap and some uh, cranberry wraps that were just like it's like lettuce with a a little bit of chicken and and a very healthy wrap. So I'll usually eat those as just my snack food. Okay. And then Gatorade and water is what I drink. So it's all pretty good. Usually for Prague, you're supposed to eat about what you normally do. Like don't mm-hmm. go trying anything different because every time someone does that, it never works. You'll eat something different, your body won't react to it well or you're not sure and it just it goes downhill. Mm-hmm. But eat what you normally eat, but Try to at least stay on the healthier side. Like, don't eat pizza during the middle of Prague. I'd say don't really? go drinking, like, soda yeah, in the middle of Prague. Yeah, no no heavy sugar or anything For, for like most that. people, you want to avoid sugar and caffeine pretty much in Prague, unless you're pushing. I actually went to sugar in the last push when we were on day two, like, halfway through. I had some sugar and uh, caffeine as well, just to get, just give me a little bit of push. But it crashes you later, so it's a gamble. Yeah. Mm. I ate a cookie. Yeah, I, I had I had a birthday I had a birthday cupcake um, halfway through. Um, oh yeah, and happy birthday by the way! That was a really good birthday present for you, Cube. For those that don't know, he cleared on his birthday. Happy birthday! Was well, Sindolf's too, birthday. right? No, mine was like two days. Be- mine was the day before Prague, um, oh, okay. the seventh, and I think like Phantoms was like maybe two days before mine, and I think someone else's was the same week. We have like four birthdays that week. Kind of wacky. Yeah, we were birthday central. We were all celebrating. Imagine not winning uh, and having well, we did. birthdays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're lucky that didn't happen. Oh, jeez. Yeah, no. <laughs> it was the best birthday ever, for sure. By getting a world first on the same day. It's very, very nice. Um, oh, yeah. So there's other things that are you know, going on with the, the world race community and stuff. Uh, one of them was that... Uh, there's actually a financial reward out there uh, that was done by Phase Temperance. Uh, that's something that that's not really something that we've seen in the world race scene at all. We we never really expected it all. Do you guys have any feelings about that being there, dude? It's awesome! Okay. Holy crap! It's so cool, and I'm really happy that they kept some of the the rewards exclusive for the streaming groups. I think mm-hmm. that's very fair and something that should be done. But yeah, please. Oh my god, that was amazing. Please keep doing that. <laughs> I yeah. have the contrarian opinion. Go ahead. I personally, and th- this is my own personal feelings, and is that I don't like mixing hobbies and money together. Mm. Because it's just, 
you end up with the people who just do things for money. And I originally heard that there were like EU players that did that who were getting paid. And I'm just like, that feels so wrong to me. You should be doing something because it's fun or you're passionate about it, not because just because you're going to get money. Like I was speaking with some of them before and they said, oh, if we wanted to win, we would join your group. But I'm OK with getting like third place and getting paid two thousand dollars on the side by this uh, this guy from like Saudi Arabia or something. <laughs> and that to me, that just didn't feel right. So hmm. I was going to get I was going to donate that money, uh, Frosty, to your stream. You already did. Well, I never got. I haven't gotten the money from the thing, so I just donated some other amount. Four twenty sixty nine. Yeah, ridiculous donation. Uh, to the stream and uh. Four twenty sixty nine. Yep. Nice. <laughs> but I mean, uh, go ahead. I'm just. I'm happy whenever there's anything that drives com- more people to be competitive in this game because more competition just makes the race more interesting. More faces, even if it's a monetary motivation. You know, if there's a reward, so I'm really happy that Fate Temperance went out and did this to sort of drive a little more interest, a little more tension into the race. That's always appreciated. Absolutely. Yep. I more really like more people in the in the race is always welcome. Yeah. Uh I would I would agree. And I think that uh you guys work so hard and spend so much time to get the clears that it feels like not having the, those rewards at the end of it is kinda it feels a little empty to me on my end of it, seeing you guys not get those rewards and just the knowledge of getting the clear, you know, is great too, but it would be nice to see if there's something else for your time spent. I mean, have you guys gotten your thumbs up yet? <laughs> no, but I wouldn't I expect mean, that anytime soon with Yoshi just having released like a yeah, really was, personal statement. That is about, true. That uh, is true. A loss. We so. had a tweet yet? No, no, no. I, I mean... I don't think we should be expecting anything like that anytime soon, just based on uh, recent events, specifically yeah. particular to Yoshida. Yeah. Yeah. We did get, uh, like, I think an art reward, and I'm honestly more hype about that than the money. Yeah, same. I want to see that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I would love to see it. Yeah, when, uh, when Amy offered that, I was like, you know, that is going to be a really... She was like, yeah, a nice commission. Then she was saying, basically, uh, you know, I was thinking one little quick image, but she was like, yeah, basically I'm doing a custom commission for every single one of their characters and putting it together in one big scene. Uh, I was like, oh, that is fucking nice. Um, it's, it's really cool. It's incredible. Forward to that. Yeah. And that's why I uh, was asking around for people who wanted to do that. And we got Sorelli who did that for uh, giveaways. Because I was like, you know, mock station items are great. Physical items, all these things are great. But having custom art is pretty fucking cool. Uh, really yeah and so that's definitely going to be something that sticks around for a while and uh hopefully we'll have that incorporated uh in the next race too but uh yeah yeah it, it's it's cool because i think that this is probably the i don't know if i would say like the most public the world race has kind of really been and the most um uh, most what what's the word I'm trying to look for? Visible. Visible or like most involved. Most things that are involved coming together to highlight it. Most. Most engaged. Yeah, most engaged. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think so. I think that might be uh, close to it. Besides, you know that 
when the first Ultimate came out, and it was just absolutely ridiculous because everybody wanted to know what it was. I think having communities come together and kind of do these things uh, is awesome because we are still growing, and I didn't expect us to still be growing after all these years. <laughs> I thought we'd just have a spreadsheet every tier, and that would be it. You know, I was thinking about it the, uh, I don't know, maybe a year ago, two years ago. I was like, maybe we should just stop doing the spreadsheet, man. Like, what, what, what's the point? Just a lot of time. Uh, I like spreadsheet. I like it. Yeah. Don't stop. It's <laughs> like, fun to look back on. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, but it was just like one of those things. It's like, do, does people, do people really care that much? Uh, I think there was maybe... Uh, at least 40,000 people visiting the ranking website to figure out updates and everything else. Uh, oh, wow. That many. Nice. Yeah, which is something that I wasn't really able to track before because Google's spreadsheet kind of breaks after 100 people, so I just knew there was 100 plus. Uh, but yeah, I think there was about 40,000 people tracking the race via the website. I mean, they're also tracking all other places as well. But it's nice to know that there is a, a still a large global community behind it. And I think that's the coolest thing about this world race is because it's literally uh, the world. And it feels, it feels good. Like the WoW race is kind of like they sort of, I mean, it's global too, but the servers come up at different times and everything else. This feels definitely different. So, uh I don't know what else did, I really want to say at that, but did you have a uh, sticky or a sidebar on uh, the subreddit? This yes. Time around? Yeah. Well, I don't Same. know if it was a sidebar. Uh, we did have a sticky for the event. Is okay. uh, that I listed out like what the event was and all the charity stuff and everything else, and Reddit was awesome to kind of help out with that and just put it up there just so it's a little bit more public. Um, <laughs> are you guys trying to post stuff in the chat? Someone asked what your website was. Uh, hold on. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Scholar. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, and there's there's a lot of stuff. Like, see, I'm not even a, uh, uh, I'm not a world uh, renowned website person like it's a very simple website but it's just nice to have that information stored somewhere and i'm sure as time comes along you know every once in a while I'm going there update it make it a little bit better i think that this is the best way to do it is just to leave it on that website and not keep it in google spreadsheets because it's just easier to handle and i wasn't able to the ffx progress website ffx iv progress uh was just a lot to i did that really hardcore without really too many frameworks or anything else and i was just really hardcore coding it uh, and that was just a waste of time for me. So I got a very simple uh, website to work with this time. Well, the important thing is you learned something while doing it, right? I learned a lot and a lot of stuff, mostly things I didn't want to do. I learned, I learned that I didn't want to be hardcore coding <laughs> with websites. That's mostly what I learned from it. That's well, I have some bad news for you, Frosty. What's that? I caught a bug in your rankings, Which and I one? shared it with my team uh, like yesterday. Rank twenty one. Rank twenty three has a certain problem. What's uh, right? Well, on the current spreadsheet. On the current spreadsheet, or not? Well, the rankings on your website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, twenty three, and now I will admit that I do have help with this, so I, I'll pass the blame off of them. Oh, what'd you do with that? Why'd you do that? I can't believe the people working in the background messed that up. 
<laughs> the little elves in the background. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone's logged in and editing this. So, yeah. It's been like that for a long time. Has it? Yeah. All right. Thanks. Hold on. Hold on. Tr- live troubleshooting right now. God, I feel like we. Okay, well, we didn't mean to make you feel bad. About no, I it. feel horrible. Great. Oh, no. There's probably a space or something in no, it. No, like it's the code. The code is supposed to say row negative one, and it says raw negative one. Uh, that's all it is. Like now it's big. Programming, oh, man. Classic. There you go. It's done. It t- takes two seconds to fix it. Cleese, uh, did you say he should feel bad? Yeah, Cleese. What'd did. you say, Cleese? Yeah, I said he should feel bad about having mistakes in your website. You but mother. now that you fixed me, should feel good. I should. I should. Uh, I. It's not. It's not perfect. Uh, there's. There's some stuff that I can improve upon, and it's all very simple. But I think that fits with what I want to do because I do want to focus. Uh, while the tracking stuff is all really cool and everything, I do want to focus on trying to push the event as much as I can as well, and doing that at least for Savage Tears because uh, I feel like that actually did some good. It feels good to get the community together to donate for kids in hospitals, man. I don't. I don't know. Uh, it, it really does feel good. I feel like it, uh, I don't know how to explain it, but I'll, I'll go off that for right now <laughs> and start focusing on you guys again. Hold on. Actually, that was it. That was it. That's all my questions. I think I'm done. Let me see. Did you guys have anything that you wanted to bring up? I had one thing sure. that's sort of been you know, on my mind for a bit. So, like, is to it goes down. It's more so a message. That, like, the rest of the team has probably heard me say this before. Like, why? Partly why we're successful. Mm-hmm. And I personally believe that out there, somewhere out that there is eight players who are mechanically better than us in just every way, shape, or form, and they're probably all in teams at the moment, or they're in some casual group somewhere. Like, those people exist. But even if you were to put them together, whether or not um, under the same conditions, which one would come up top, we can't really say for sure. Mm-hmm. And I'd say the reason for this is, like, one of the strengths of our team in this tier was that there were puzzles. Mm. And, like, when I joined, I remember telling the group, because I had prior commitments before I joined, I said, okay, I'll join if we can grab Sphia at the same time from free-to-play. And part of the reason for that wasn't just because, like, I wanted to grab the other member in the team who was actually trying at the time when free-to-play was just kind of, like, at its end. Mm -hmm. But it was also because he disagrees with me. And we're very different in how we look at things. And the reason why that's important is because when you have, like, these puzzle mechanics that we're going up against... It means that some people are looking at the problem from different angles. What I find that makes a lot of sense may not be the same for everyone else. We had this discussion before after Prague with like basic relativity. To me, that is the mechanic that makes the most sense to me out of all the relativity. Like basic is the easy one. The other ones are more confusing to me, but others had said, no, those are the ones that are easy to them. And basic is the more confusing one. And what this means by having like this um, weird way of like just different thought processes is that you end up with like two things: is that you don't get walled on mechanics, 
somebody has a solution to them every single time you look at it. Although the downside then ends up coming is that we have different ways of thinking and like processing information, which can lead to sometimes some conflicts or just we can't communicate our solutions very well, which does happen. But we have a solution every time. So, so. Uh, I, I absolutely agree with you on that. I think that's very important. But it, it was always my experience or my understanding that everyone disagreed with you send off is what I thought. I wanted that, to say something akin to that. <laughs> and it, and it's true, but it's it. like the the level of disagreement is different. Okay. okay. But it's just like it's just a, va- a different way of looking at a problem is different yeah. from member to member. It's not you didn't get eight people together who are all yes men. Right. are like, oh, we have this idea. Let's all think the same way at it and there approach are, it that way. There are people out there that think we're all yes men for each other. Really? I, but I, I mean, I appreciate that each and every one of us contributes to strategy in our own way. We have Everybody brings something. He did arguments during Prague. Let yeah. me tell you that. Yeah, before Prague, before Prague, we've we've had a lot of disagreements. Uh, it happens. There's a lot of. I know that very personally. Me and Svi have completely different ways of approaching uh, what makes a team successful. I mean, you you have a bunch of different people with different opinions. It's. I appreciate that when Sindolf unironically tells us to go get Emerald Weapons mid-Prague, all seven of us tell him to shut the hell up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What I'm saying is it's a good thing that you have people that don't think the same way. mm -hmm. It's it's a benefit because if you have – where someone else – I mean, there was one mechanic where one of our prime strategists uh, was kind of stumped. And every other person just stepped in and was like, well, there's this. Well, okay, well, we know for basic relativity, uh, tanks can't, shouldn't be second because they need to be in front of the wild charge, you know, like mm-hmm. stuff like that. And it's there's, also, like, there's also just – it's interesting to me that this is sort of a natural progression as well. Like when you realize that sitting there being quiet and playing well is not good enough to prog. And I think everyone at some point has come along this realization. There's a lot of people that I know – that have come into the raiding scene, that when I first started raiding with them, they wouldn't say a single word in the polls. They wouldn't say a single word in the polls. In between the polls, they would only answer questions with as few words as possible. And you see them now, months later, after I met them, or in some cases, years later, and some of them talk a whole lot. And they interject their opinions and their strategy ideas in, even though they prided themselves originally on just performance-based merits like they're like i can push my buttons well and die little that's good enough isn't it not really anymore you kind of uh, the best teams have everyone putting their heads together and thinking together about problems and solving Mm -hmm. them together and i think we have a good combination of that in this group yeah absolutely yeah and as long as you guys you know having these different different opinions don't clash and have pride over your thoughts uh and the strategy that you're you're trying to put in uh which I think you guys do very well, then it should be fine. Not perfectly. I mean, when you have people who are this passionate about what they do, mm-hmm. there are going to be clashes. Mm. Um, but I think we're all goal-driven enough to put that aside. Yeah, um, exactly. A really, really good example of exactly what we're talking about is uh, we went to bed having gotten past basic relativity working on 
the second apocalypse. And we, ha- we knew we had problems with basic relativity when we went to bed and we woke up and three people came in with essentially a completely functional strat. The first thing we did in the morning, everyone came in with solutions to a problem and it was solved. We didn't even have to talk about it. Um, and these are things that the night before, you know, we just couldn't, couldn't solve. Mm-hmm. Uh, historically in Prague, I've never been with a team that hasn't at some point in a tear or a fight gotten stuck on a mechanic and had to solve the mechanic mm. uh, as opposed to execute it, which is, it's, which is huge. It is the ability to formulate strats is the hardest thing in Final Fantasy progression, I think, especially with the, the direction of the, the game's design in terms of class design and, and the way that they design things around being, you know, hard to solve, easy to execute. Having strategists and people who are really in tune with the game is, you know, I think asset number one to our team. Okay. Um, so I'm going to start asking some viewer questions here uh, to kind of knock them out. And uh, since we're talking about class design a little bit, there is a question about why bard over dancer. Not the third time. Uh, Bard over Dancer because, I mean, if Phantom was here, he'd tell you the same thing. Um, We needed our prime. Phantom is, in many cases, he's not our only strategist by any means, but he is our prime strategist. He was responsible for third. uh, He's the one responsible for third uh, relativity. He's responsible for a large portion of second relativity. He having him off of a class that has RNG DPS and procs that he has to pay attention to constantly. Bard has procs, but they're predictable uh, as opposed to Dancer. And the amount of focus Dancer takes, we needed him on a job that allowed him to focus and to pay attention to things as they happen while still doing damage, especially for the earlier fights. So that was that was huge. Very think important of it, to us. Yeah, think of it this way. Any given person has a set amount of attention that they can, you know, delegate throughout a fight. And the more of that that goes into your job, the less can go into strategy and communication and things like that. So you want to take the thing that not only you are the most comfortable with, but that takes the least brain power so it can be applied elsewhere. Svi, on that note, uh, have you ever read, because you play League, do you Aptos. ever have you ever re- yeah apto yeah. dopa's uh yeah yeah that's concept. exactly what i was thinking yeah mm-hmm. it's it really comes down to that you only have so much attention you can dedicate to at any to anything at any given time and uh allocating that properly is actually a huge part of being successful so yep yep i mean absolutely it- in addition to that there was another point about dancer was the damage variance from pull to pull um the dancer vet like we noticed that if you get a pull where you don't make a certain check or that a certain check is way tighter than it should be, and when you look into it, you find out the dancer just really got unlucky and didn't get any procs, that's uh, that's not good. Damage consistency is really important to being able to shell the mechanic and call it solved. When, you, when it's closer than it should be, you start to reevaluate, okay, wait, can we make that more consistent? And it's just you get more of that with a, a job that's not dancer any literally any job that's not dancer okay so when the the final 
I think, reason to avoid Dancer is that nobody plays perfect in prog. Uh, and Dancer, its kind of existence is based around making everyone else who is playing well play, like, their numbers are now more. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get less value out of people playing imperfectly. Right. So just by sheer like, nature of it, the way it works, uh, it's not as friendly to prog. If you go back and look at historical logs uh, over the first couple of weeks of Gate and Verse, for example, it performs significantly below, uh, below Bard and Machinist, simply because of the fact that the other jobs aren't able to play perfectly and neither can it. Uh, and expecting that in a blind prog uh, situation, I think, is a big debate. So now, aren't you going to say something? I was, I was going to say the same thing, but I also don't think people completely realize how brain-dead Bard can be. My favorite example of that was when we were grinding out Titan back in uh, the first tier of the expansion. We're, we have our dancer with us the entire time just trying to grind that out, get that kill in with the messed up and rage, and we couldn't do it. Sil goes on Bard. Four pulls later, we kill the fight. No class should be able to optimize within four pools. That should not happen. And yet it did. Because that class is not that hard to play in comparison. So if, you, if it does damage, which it received a buff, and which from what I remember, it, it's now ahead of Machinist. I haven't checked the raw numbers, but I'm pretty sure it is. It's going to do pretty good. And it's easy to play. You take that class... Because then you can focus on mechanics, everything else. Mm-hmm. It's going to be consistent. It's going to be... That's what you want. You don't want to put a billion brain cells into actually just doing your rotation. You got other stuff to worry about. You should have less thoughts per second. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. We've, I've talked about this before, mm-hmm. but the objective in prog isn't to do as much damage as possible. It's to do enough damage as soon as possible. Hmm. As long as you can kill the boss, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to ask Layla's question here, which is kind of related to jobs, too. Did you plan the job swap, uh, or two job swap at the third and fourth floor because of the tuning rumors or decisions on the fly? They were pre-planned. Pre-planned a long time ago. Yeah, but before before the patch hit, we we'd already planned to do that, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the like plan was... Said that... Oh, sorry, go on, Brian. Oh, sorry. It was, it's going to be quick. Uh, we we had just planned that when Svi would get his gear, he'd go Black Mage. And we knew that for the last year of the fight, I was going to go Gunbreaker on the last fight. As a, I was going to get off a of Paladin. I think we had a solid reasoning for this. It's just that optimization takes time. When you job switch, you set your steps back in terms of optimization. And we wanted to plan for not having to worry about the Enrage. So we wanted us on jobs that we thought were optimal for the Enrage to prevent any kind of job swaps yeah and uh black mage and, and gunbreaker were the were good choices for that while still having pretty good utility double addle ended up being very valuable in the last fight as it was yeah like red mage is great for the raises and the healing that it can bring but once we were in a once you're in a fight that you really don't need that as much or you're going to be grinding on it more switch to the black mage and the mm-hmm. Black Mage will have time to optimize and do what they want. Same thing with Paladin, in a way. Like, there's other reasons that Brian can probably explain better as to why you don't take the Paladin. But really, 
on Gunbreaker, you'll have more time to optimize as well as like it's not that far behind Paladin, and this damage is much better. Its mitigation the, is actually pretty good and maybe underrated. The the reason that I didn't go Paladin in the last fight is because a lot of my Paladin gameplay is very conservative. I have really bad damage habits. I'm more thinking about getting through stuff, and that will bleed into us trying to make a check or us trying to do something. And as much as I've tried to condition myself to get out of that kind of mindset, it's way easier for me to just play Gunbreaker and have a completely different mindset when I'm playing the class. Um, in addition, Heart of Light ended up being super good in this fight, uh, especially at the end. It literally covers two of the major busters. So it'll cover a big buster right at the end where the enrages, and then it'll cover a cluster of the quietest spam and then another buster because it's 15 seconds and the distance between two of the AOEs that the boss casts at the end are, is 13 seconds. So you can have it up for two. Wings and DV are shaking right now. Yeah, it's it's really it just too situational. Uh, I think I think DV would be pretty good for this fight just because of how much the terminals hit for. I'm sorry, the relativities. I think DV would be awesome there. The DV would definitely be good there. It's not that it would be bad. Um, it's just that Gunbreaker. I mean, it's Gunbreaker's still there. You know what I mean? Like it, it'll it'll still do the job. So long as you plan your mitigation well enough, and it's less for me to have to worry about in, da in terms of damage. Because on Paladin, it's really stupid for you to miss anything, but if you, God forbid, you do miss something, uh, it is way more punishing than on Gunbreaker, at least in my opinion. Uh, it is way worse if you, I don't know, some stupid, something stupid can happen. If you like, for whatever reason, if you die or your rotation gets effed up for mm -hmm. some reason, which it shouldn't, because Paladin is ridiculously easy. But in the in a prog scenario, it can happen. Yeah. You know, if you if you're if you have clear, to clemency, <laughs> like yeah, it fucks you. And if you if you clemency, you're forced to clemency. You're like, oh well, shit, my config here. You just lost so much damage, and in it's it's horrible. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. We're also at the end of the expansion, so. At the start, a lot of people didn't want to play Gunbreaker because they're like, this is a lot of buttons, it takes time, like, it's going to just take you a long time to learn it. But as time goes on, players are going to get better and more comfortable on the class, so now that we're at the end of the expansion, you can kind of say to yourself, "Let's even if people say this class could be harder to play, let's just take that one instead. Because you're a little more comfortable on it now than you were when you only had, like, two weeks to a month practice on it okay. that being said don't don't do a last minute job swap that onto a class you're not comfortable don't do it it does not work stop doing it yeah the trick is to build the comfort ahead of time on multiple jobs so that you could swap without losing much and like and then randomly get 150 dps added to your ninja for some reason <laughs> yeah so that's why a lot of us would would switch jobs when we were practicing and we would just play something different uh as soon as I, I saw that there was a pretty good chance I was going to be playing White Mage, mm -hmm. I just dropped Scholar altogether because I have a huge amount of comfort on Scholar. It's a very cozy job for me. I can hop back onto it without losing much. But White Mage, I hadn't played in a while, so I just kind of sat on it and built a lot of comfort. Okay. Not that White Mage is hard, but the principle applies. Right. To, to touch break really briefly on the Black Mage, Red Mage thing as well, uh, 
typically last fights have big everyone is dying now mechanics that you can't recover from uh light rampant early in the fight is a really good example of that in EADS and when that happens having a black mage or having a red mage is literally irrelevant uh, and those are more tended to happen towards the end of a savage tier so while recovery options get worse like it's it's a, a no-brain choice then at that point okay. yeah i agree having an extra raise is much less influential when you get to the last fight so um another question to kind of change a little bit here uh why did you guys not follow Cleese when he said the jump <laughs> we i don't even remember him saying uh, it i, I think the, the context in which he said it uh, I don't know about anyone else, but I I didn't even hear him say it. I was so like tunneled on the fact that the boss looked low that I was just pushing. And then someone else said, or I think Phantom said, like I don't think we can do this, but we should continue anyway. He's yeah, like, are we going to practice mid and triple apocalypse? Yeah. 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 And in general, though, like if the run hasn't been catastrophic and you're only like a minute away from a, an enraged death anyway like just play it out anyway like my, i was thinking because that was like we we had said earlier that we were just gonna get past apocalypse and then maybe jump if we didn't have a good run because we only had like two runs left on our lockout so as soon as i saw that our apocalypse wasn't clean i was just like jump the <laughs> only reason that i didn't right then and there is because i heard the question mark and yes jump. Yeah. Yeah, it sounded like Lisa was asking a question. So I'm like, oh, I'll stay for a bit. I mean, I, I wasn't calling for a jump. I just, I just asked. Okay. Yeah, he's like, like, he said jump, and then I don't, I just didn't even hear it. I was just like so focused on killing the boss. We definitely oh. wanted to get some practice at the end, and that was the original goal, as well as the limited amount of time we had left. Because we had to get our mitigation down correctly. Like we had the macro, but we had to execute it. Plus triple apocalypse. We still had to do it cleanly and have everything work out the way we needed it to, which on that's the pull it did. Hmm. And we I, think, it. I think the kill pull was actually only the second time I got the temperance timing right. Before that, I kept temperancing the cast bar for advanced, which is not what we planned. So it just goes to show we, we hadn't really practiced that phase very much. I think it was like our fourth or fifth time we were there. Maybe hmm. fourth, hmm. I think. Like be actually seeing advanced. Can't it was that our... I think it was our first time seeing an actual percentage that was respectable, wasn't it? Because every other time we got there, it was like such a thrown away pool that it's like boss is at 15% or something. I don't think we ever had any low percent wipes to the enraged. I think our lowest was like eight or something or five. It was like not even close. And the first time we actually got something like eight or something. Yeah. Was it actually? No, I think the boss was the boss. Yeah, it was like. It was like. What was the lowest percentage we ever had on Oracle of Darkness before our kill? I don't think it was ever that low. It was always it was like never. It was never like a two or one percent. Yeah, that low. It's always yeah. like seven or eight because every time we got there, it was like we were just limping past triple apoc. Like it was the best triple apoc, yeah. like four people dead. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, That's what made that even more surprising. Just. <laughs> We we didn't know what a real check looked like. Like, what are we going to have? Damage we did the math. At the end? We, did, we, did we the were math talking in the middle of the yeah, right? We and, and we thought we were behind, right, based on the RDPS requirement. I think I remember someone saying like we're we're X amount, we're two thousand behind or something like that. Well, what I mean by that is when we were like progging the fight, we were talking about um, 
triple APOC and Sfi was like DPS check. He's like, do the math on this. He told Cleese to do the math on the DPS check and it looked comfortable. He said, he's like, it's looking pretty not so bad, guys. And when when he said that, I kept that in mind. And when we, were, when we saw the boss low, even though MT had died, I was like, you know, maybe there's a chance we can kill this. Mm-hmm. So we should try at least, you know. Okay. I, I know we had a lot of burst at the end. And I've seen that actually as well with a lot of other groups. Um, that they look like they're behind. But you start looking at that DPS meter... And right during the last couple GCDs, that thing will shoot to the sky. Mm-hmm. People are getting better at playing the end of phases correctly, I think. Yeah, it took a lot of practice, but we finally figured that out. Yeah, Skylar, it's like an 820 or something, so if you're too many on cooldown, it comes up at the end. Okay. Yeah, we, had a hu- we had a huge burst when we come back from advance with potion and everything. Um that was our yeah. first, that run was our first time using the new CD timers as well. It was, yeah. And yeah. it actually worked out. Oh, it was. Well. Okay. Yeah. We had adjusted for that so that we were potioning right after advanced, as Shin pointed out. And then we, like, MT died right after that, so. Oh, hey, know. MT. <laughs> well, no, I mean, like, I don't mean that in, like, a bad way. I mean, like, right, yeah. uh, it, we had gotten our burst out. Mm-hmm. So it was, I guess if there was ever a time to die, maybe that was it. Also, his weakness wore off like the GCD before he went into Phoenix as well. So it kind of worked out pretty nicely. <laughs> yeah. Calculated death to make the game more exciting. <laughs> Did you guys have any bugs while progging? Uh, there's been, you know, reports. Uh, I think Demi here says they had a uh, orbs in E10S not go off at all. I just oh, the Naked Allison bug? Have you seen that one? That uh, one's pretty cool. Which one? There's a Naked Allison bug where people stand in the puddles and if something goes weird, instead of spawning a shadow, it just spawns a Naked Allison. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. to it. You like that sometimes? Sometimes your shadow is just a Naked Allison. <laughs> the only bug that I know that I experienced was in the middle of um, the door boss. I was just fighting the boss and I was turning my camera around to look at the mirrors and suddenly the boss disappeared from my screen for like five seconds and then came back. That's, like it, that's it, your it, camera position. Boss yeah, should still not position. de-render while I'm fighting it. it. No, I mean, yeah, I, it does, though. my boss de-renders. It does, yeah. It de-renders if you get way up. If you put your camera so inside you of it or something like that. Well, I had to it's, turn it around and it was... It does it on purpose so you can weird. see your own character. So, so we did... I, I don't know if you call it a bug, but we did have the bug with... "Quote unquote bug," with a uh, shadow keeper not casting um, in the towers at the end of E10. It cast dark eruption instead first because we had no shadows out, and that completely threw us off because we designed our entire strategy around it being RNG. Whether you get dark eruption first or shadow keeper first, and that that definitely cost us time, a lot of time, because we wouldn't have baited the uh, the circles in the towers like we did, which cost us wipes to the sh- the the cleaves there, which is at the very end of the fight. So that for sure cost us time. Wait, it's not random. It's not random. It's always shadow keeper as long as there is a shadow on the field. Oh, that was a bug. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not. It's not strictly speaking a bug. It's in, it's it's as intended. If there's no shadows, it can't do shadow keeper. But it made us think that it was part of the rotation being random. And so it screwed us up. So mm-hmm. that's 
it's just very unfortunate and i would i would call it a bug i think it should cast shadow keep reading if there's no shadows and just have it do nothing or something okay but uh let's see i'm gonna pick a few more questions here because we're at three three hours and 15 minutes three hours 16 minutes <laughs> so this is the longest one we've had in a while uh mock talk that is yeah it's a good longest time between, a lot of long time between tiers it, it is yeah man yeah uh this one's for Kyo. did you intend to go white mage from the start or did you make the decision after seeing the final fight curious because i felt like scholar was really strong in that final turn comparatively so we were looking at the results from Verse, R and I were, and the conclusion we had was that what was performing the best was White Mage Astro right outside of Prog. That's not to say Scholar couldn't compete, but just consistently the higher kills, like the speedier kills, were showing White Mage Astro. So that was when I started, we started to think about the composition. And at a certain point, I switched, and uh, we were practicing with Astro White Mage for a while, and it just felt really good. And uh, Ara was uh, was playing the shield healer really well too, and it just felt like we were having more success in practice with that than when I had been on Scholar. And uh, I also realized very quickly when I switched to White Mage that I had a huge problem with damage on Scholar. I tended to sacrifice broils for ruins when I shouldn't, and uh, just otherwise would lose more damage than I would, for example, on White Mage. So when it came to being more consistent, I'm a lot more consistent on White Mage, and it was strong. So we just kept it. Unless, I don't know okay. if you want to add anything to that aura. No, oh, that's, that's pretty much it. Just, uh... Go ahead. From, from my point of view, like, uh... Like, just, just if, you, if you know what my character's last name means, like, I'm just really like Astro, so... I was leaning towards it just because I knew it was, it was strong, and I wanted to learn it. Um, and I'm, I'm, I was making a role swap from Summoner to Healer, so I just, like, alright, I'll go with the most comfortable one I have for now, and... And Keo basically did all the adjusting. I mean, it works for me because I hate Astro, so this is perfect. Okay. Astro is my least favorite job. Ever since Creator scarred me, uh, I've, I've hated the job. So, so good. I also know that they looked at uh, possibly taking Scholar if the buffs were good enough, but not at all. Yeah, I was. I had my eye on Scholar. I was gonna. I was gonna play it if it was if it was buffed a lot, but wasn't enough. They basically made dissipation useless too, which I didn't like to. That dissipation equates to like thirty potency now. It's mm. depressing. That's across all three energy drains that you gain, it's, and you lose the fairy. Not a fan. So uh, here's a question for the team in regards to Cleez. Uh Was Cleese messing around on stream chats and Twitter anyway a deterrent to progression? <laughs> we, I mean. If he was doing that, we had no idea. <laughs> he did exactly what he needed to for us. So, yeah. I mean, if he's able to go and, you know, be a meme monster streams, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that, that that was funny. Clee, uh, if you're if you're doing knife man stuff, uh, you aren't one hundred percent. You know, watching every single move that you guys make, right, please? Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not usually yeah. unless I'm like, like unless I'm like actually just like calling the fight, mm -hmm. which I did do for I think the door boss at twelve. Usually, I have like, I'm not like all. Usually, I'm either working on something else or just kind of passively looking at if unless it's like we're trying to figure out something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh. So. 
Let's see, maybe this this question we can end up on. Uh, are there any plans of interest in trying to get the first clear for the upcoming 48-man... Is it 48-man for Savage? Yeah, 48-man. Uh, Deblum, is it Rikane? I don't even know what it's called. Yes. I believe so. It's not like mega competitive or anything because it's just so many people. Speak right. for yourself. <laughs> really? Okay. Full haste gear ready. I mean, it's what? It's going to be like yeah, two same. groups going in <laughs> that are competitive? Hey, maybe? man, that's two groups, dude. I think it's the 1v1. <laughs> I, I don't exactly. We haven't really talked about it too much, but I know we had a lot of people in there mm-hmm. when, uh, when Boja originally came out. And I think we're going to be taking, like, probably the two statics from our um, Tempest and us from uh, Radiance. And then those who have been around for a while and have put in the work in BA, or, like, Mm -hmm. at least they're there within the FC and they're active, we'll take them. Because one of the things we have to do is organize that many people, and that's, that's a skill that you don't get to exercise very often in this game. So people who are around and cooperative are very important for that. I'll go ahead and leave. A system in place for selecting who we're bringing. Don't worry about it. You must have haste gear. Must well, haste have gear fragments. is like priority one. If you're not in the FC, you don't get to go. <laughs> I don't have a haste gear. <laughs> I should go farm haste gear. gear. You want to take me because I can do mechanics. Hmm. Now, can't you just buy everything? Oh, can you? Yeah, you, oh, you can't oh, buy the haste gear. I, sp- I spent 15 million on buying the haste gear and fragments to get stocked up before patch. Before Baja truly died out. Is it dead now? I haven't been in in a while. It's getting pretty glum or gloomy in there. Like, there's okay. not very many people. Still, some cast rooms though. When I last went in to check pre patch, well, I'll let you know. I'm, I'm probably not going to track that. Uh, <laughs> in any I, think I think we're gonna be okay. Yeah. It'll it'll probably be like last time with BA where it just is. Yeah, ends up being like a, yeah, NA versus JP, like a data center like competition. Yeah, yeah as opposed yeah. to like like teams. I'm <laughs> arguably more excited about Blue Mage than Baja. I'm not gonna lie. Fair, dude. We got all. Dude, you can't up. take it into ultimate. What is that Sucks. happening? What is that happening? But you can exactly do exactly the same day as you can do the Omega yeah. raids. When is that? Like, when is all that happening? Yeah, but there'll be uh, Omega. Five four five. Mm. Like, Probably like a month and a half. I'm gonna love just going into bringing Omega and just being like, huh, I'm gonna diamond back all of Hello World. They changed Diamondback. <laughs> they changed it. Yeah. No, they Tank is more interactive now. Is it less terrible? They yeah. Oh, okay, we'll have to, I'll, I'll think about unlocking my skills now. <laughs> Because yeah. <laughs> I still don't have all the skills unlocked because tanking on Blue Mage before mm-hmm. is awful. I'm pretty it sure they'll change it. It's the least fun thing in the game. Pretty sure they'll change it. That specifically will be one of the big changes in uh, the Blue Mage update. Okay, now we're gaming. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Is there anything else that you guys want to say before we end the show today? Thanks to all of our crafters and everyone who helped uh, make our team successful this year. And thanks very much to you, Mr. Frosty, for making this such an amazing event. Like, this world race was incredible. Not in small part due to all the casters, Frosty, 
crafting teams that involved not even just our team, but other teams had full-on crafting teams that put in a lot of work too. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of really good energy in this uh, the race this year. Yeah, so people were excited, man, and uh, I, I will say that I'm happy that your crafters could come on and talk a little bit during the event too. Because uh, it did give a really nice point of view. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, I was talking to him. Maybe we'll have a dedicated episode to it uh, sometime in the future. That'd be great. Yeah, that's a good idea. I got, I got one shout out as well, mm-hmm. and that's for the other seven lads in my team. We played really well since uh, the CD reset changes come in. This is the first time that a team has swept a tier, so it just goes to show how good these guys are. So I'm you're right. Really proud of them. I didn't think about that. You guys did completely sweep it. Unless if there's some hidden thing that, that we don't know about, you know, but it doesn't matter. Sorry about it. I yeah. paid off the JP so they wouldn't report their clearance. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you, thank you. Is it coming, Cleese? Are we going to get the upset? <laughs> Better not. Uh, I mean, I turned tracking off. I, I'm done tracking by the end of the Sunday. I'm going to just stop and... Because there's a, there's a certain point to where it just doesn't really matter anymore because people aren't really... it's I can't track that amount of people. Uh, I figured Sunday would be a good good cutoff point at the end of Sunday. So if they don't get it in by then, never going to happen, man. Uh, yeah. I have the same thing I want to... Like everybody else said, like, thank you to all of our crafters. Uh, I'm a little sad I didn't get to watch a lot of your stream for our Steve, but... It's like great that you're doing that. So it's a. Uh, I hope you keep doing it in the future. Not but I also sure. want to give a thank you to. Uh, I hope I get this name right. Mox Zimnagar from the Balance. Zimnagar, isn't it? It's something like that. Hmm. He uh, he gave me a BIS list for my crafted gear, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, even though I misread it and took the wrong gear, um. <laughs> I would not have had the correct skill speed without that. So, you know, that yeah. helped. So Shout thank out. you also for putting in the uh, effort for that. Okay. Anyone else have anything that they'd like to say? Uh, just, this isn't really a shout out, but mm-hmm. can you, um, I'm actually really excited to watch the VOD of the full uh, coverage, although that's going to take a long oh. time. I was wondering if you can make sure that doesn't disappear. I, I, you don't want me to delete it? No, no, I, 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 there's like automatic deletion of VODs or is something, there? right? If you don't save them. Yeah. I just want to be able to watch it. That's all. Yeah, I think it depends. All you have to do is just highlight the whole thing. It doesn't take very much time at all. Yeah, I mean, I awesome. can highlight it uh, if you want me to. I'll, I'll, I have to go back and do some highlighting anyways to do the crafting section, the music section that we did with Husky and Alex, the uh, lore section with Ethis, and uh, there's a couple incentives that I need to highlight uh, that were done on stream, so... Uh, yeah, like including my 10 minutes of country accent commentary. That was wonderful. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, that was a lot the of 10K fun. incentive. <laughs> well, no, that was, that was a different one. A 10K one was the dramatic reading. There was a one at the beginning for just 1K where I did a uh, country accent commentary for 10 minutes on E9S. <laughs> so that was fun. Uh, but yeah, I got to go back. Thanks for reminding me about that. Yeah, I'll just, I'll highlight the whole thing. Uh, the funny thing is, since the stream didn't die, we have 47 hours and 30 minutes on one clip and then like an hour on another clip. I had to cut it off because at 48 hours, it does say it kills your stream. So I did a manual cut, but it's one big 
one big uh, VOD that I just have to really highlight the whole thing and just the last little hour or so on a different one. So I'll get it's it. It's gonna be it's gonna be good second monitor watching material. I hope so, man. And you can give me you can critique all the commentators and uh, everything and tell me what's what was off. There is a couple. I, I will warn you. There was some audio issues where there was a little chirp every once in a while. So don't like have it blast it on a headset. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Anything else? Anyone? Yeah, Sam. I want to shout out to the crafter team. Uh, all my friends in game. You guys know who you are. And uh, for Frosty, I think that tweet from Orzia has it the best. You're just <laughs> carrying the globe behind your back, and that's the 14 Raiders scene because you are carrying the rating in this game. Not right at now. all. Not at all. I it, it should be deleted. Like I I am here just looking at it, and that's it. I'm not doing anything. Uh, just trying to provide coverage, man. Um, well, I think every single person, I think every single person in the community appreciates you for what you do here. I think it's a I think it's a huge boon to the community, and they're not really. Maybe some people are, but I don't think everyone is really sure of how lucky they are to have you. So. Man, I feel like you guys are all just trying to butter me up for like a, a good night or something. <laughs> like, yeah, when there's a conflict one day and two groups clear at the same time, you'll round down our time. Yes, I will. I will. Uh, that has happened a couple of times where people have the exact same time, like the minute, because I only go by minute. I don't go by seconds because it's just ridiculous to didn't try that, to get. didn't that happen this year someone was like super close to another yeah team. yeah and i get the person entropy and silink i don't know if it's entropy and silink no no those weren't it was on the one of the previous fights i don't think any of the ones the on the first the top had that issue uh i think entropy and silink was uh they were about a minute apart i think they were legitimately a minute apart but there are some that were on the exact same minute for previous uh bites um and i gave it to the person who turned it in first because i don't know what else to do there uh they they go ahead of the other person but i mean they clear at the same time but uh it's impossible to get that second down unless if i go you can't even get achievements on the previous fights right so i don't know uh all right you guys have uh anything else to shout out good Mm. shout out to radiance here Oh, yeah. That's the sidewalks for keeping me off the streets. <laughs> <laughs> the Radiant Discord is open to the public. Do you want to post that? And you want to post in uh, Twitch chat? chat. Yeah. I can. Yeah. You can go grab it off my Twitter. Okay. Uh, I, I will say that just one more thing. And it's just I, I really think Cleese outdid himself this tier. And that he's... Shout outs to Cleese. I, I've never seen someone... I so fully embrace the role and do it to perfection that he did for Night Manning. Just well done, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah he did. He's really good. He did amazing. Uh, it's enough. I knew that was going to time you out. I just wanted to see if you would fall for it. I also knew, and I felt like pressing <laughs> <it> anyway. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I guess I'll, I'll say my little bits to wrap up here. Uh, I do want to say that you guys are absolutely fucking amazing. I. I I, I can, not just because of how good you are at the game, but because of how kind and wonderful you are to me personally, I, I really appreciate that. Uh, because you cleared it, and then an, an hour later, you came on to our event, 
and talk to us about it, right? You were very nice, and uh, I, I think the event would have not been as great if I couldn't get you guys on like that. Uh, and you always come on for these shows. You always do all these things uh, to kind of help uh, promote what we're trying to do here, and uh, it, it means a lot. It, it really does. And so thank you guys for being the amazing team. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, when you guys won, you know, I, I was very, very, very happy because uh, it's always me wanting to get a team that I know I can talk to you afterwards to, to win. Uh, I think I think a lot of us uh, feel bad that we're not a team that can stream and help you in that regard because obviously competitively it gives too much away. Yeah, so it's fine. We're all we're all more than happy to, to jump on things like this. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, to, to comment on that too is that that's people talk about how it would be better if you guys streamed or anything like that. They might say stuff like that, but in the end, it's it makes sense that you don't. But it also adds a whole nother element of mystery to the world race that is actually kind of fun, right? Because you're you're looking for that information that's not readily available. But it, it's nice that uh, what we do, uh, the people that I have in charge of tracking and myself, is going and looking at all these resources to try to find that information as quickly as possible. And so it does add that extra little mystery and that extra little part that makes Final Fantasy XIV rating what it is. And since you guys are so great about reporting it immediately afterwards, it's it's perfectly fine by me. Uh, it's The only issues would come in place are the teams that don't communicate and don't like really put that stuff out there. But you guys absolutely do. Uh, so thank you so much for everything you guys do. The... The second thing I, I want to say is, of course, thank you to my entire staff, which I, I don't know if you guys know this, but there was up to about 40 people working to make this event happen uh, between streamers, commentary, stream mods, art, uh, people creating art for the stream and the layouts and everything else. Uh, I mean, people out there tracking uh, guest coming on, uh, Lenovo working with us, and everything else. It was a pretty large endeavor, uh, and I, I, they all did it for charity, and so it, it means a lot to me that they came together to try to make this happen. Um, and I don't know, I really don't know Ultimate, that's kind of a question mark about how that's going to all work out and everything else, uh, but I can say with fairly confident certainty that this will be a regular thing, at least for Savage. Uh, Ultimate's just a thing that ha is a beast to be tackled, and we'll see how that works out. But Savage, I think we have a very strong template for it. I heard somebody talking. I don't know. Did I mention that? Oh, I was just going to say oh, okay. that if you can make it happen for, uh, if you can make it happen for Ultimate, if there's a way for people to help you out, hopefully we can get that going because. If it's this big for Savage, it'll probably be even bigger for Ultimate. I think so. we could. Uh, the only thing is, like, when we're doing it for, you know, just charity and no one's getting paid but taking time off work, it creates this whole, like, dynamic of just, like, how much can people really give <laughs> for these events? Uh, even though they want to and they want to be a part of it, they want to help out charity and everything else, but they still need to pay rent, they still need to do these other things. And so... Uh, the awesome people I have coming on, are they going to schedule, you know, two to three weeks off of work for these events every year? Can you just have some people take off like certain days and other people others and split it? it yeah, and it's the planning and the organizing of all that too. And if one of them's sick, who's going <laughs> to make up for it? I think it, it could be. Go ahead. I think you should 
if that's if it really becomes like a big like scheduling problem, mm-hmm. in my opinion is you should just do what you can. Like if no. if there's like a blackout time when like no one's gonna be around, that's just mm-hmm. how it is. Like these are long tiers, not everybody can take a week off. If right. some people, I would assume if they're doing this and they really want to, they're probably gonna take one day off. And that's probably the day they're going to really like just go in all day. And then maybe they'll go to work the next day, come home. And if they're feeling up to it, they'll come back on for a couple hours. Yeah, that might be how it is, because it's really hard to expect much more from people at that point. Yeah, and that's perfectly fine. I will say uh, absolute shout out to uh, Liffy, who is someone who's not really known in uh, the Final Fantasy 14 scene at all. Uh, but he, he mainly does stuff with WoW, but he wanted to help out with the World Race with Final Fantasy XIV because he does play it, and he is familiar with it, but he's just not someone who's, uh, I think, known as well in uh, the Final Fantasy XIV side. And he picked up, like, six, seven extra hours of just covering, like, when issues were happening, other things uh, where we needed people fill. He was just he was just like, yeah, just give me, uh, you know, a couple of minutes to breathe every once in a while, and I'll keep going. He was a... Uh, a monster, man. Uh, and he was one of the ones that was doing, like, play-by-play commentary <laughs> on some of the fights. Uh, so it was pretty awesome. I, I, I want to give him a personal shout-out, because that, that is kind of intimidating to come into a game uh, that you're not, like, a super huge pro at and still try to do a good job of commentary over it. Because uh, I know how that felt when I tried to do Ultimate and the Paris Games Week in Cleese. Oh. I tried. I tried my best. You did great. You did, you helped me out so much with that that information. I was all by myself, unfortunately, for that event, but uh, it, it it worked out pretty well. Uh, at least in the end, it, I I survived. I think that's what I was looking for. Um, and so yeah, definitely shout out to all the team, everyone working on this. Hopefully, we'll have more in the future. Uh, shout out to my wife, one hundred percent, for putting up with me doing this because I don't know uh, if you guys know, but. Uh, being completely away from your significant other, locked away, and putting all this extra stress around in the household, doing all this stuff, because of course I was stressed out and everything, and her kind of just accepting it and putting up with it was a huge deal, and uh, I appreciate her patience with it, because it's not something that we do all the time. Um, Then, of course, also thank you very much to my dogs who put up with me yelling and screaming uh, when I was doing those incentive specials who went and hit under desk. I feel so bad for them. Uh, and then thank you, everyone, literally the entire community, fucking came together and raised uh, $17,500 uh, for Child's Play. So thank you to the Final Fantasy XIV community for doing that. And I will remind everybody, uh, while we're not doing the donations anymore, I am going to hold my word 100% that every single bit of revenue that comes off of this Twitch channel for this entire month will go to Child's Play as well uh, once the month's over. And so uh, that includes Twitch Prime subs, uh, regular subs, bits, ad revenue, literally anything that uh, Twitch would give me for uh, on this channel will go to it. So uh, let's see. And Face Temperance, thank you very much for being a part of the community. And thank you very much, Ethernet, uh, for uh, giving us the, the people to help us do this. Uh, and everyone kind of came into it. Not, not everyone was a pro coming in, and, but they, they sure did their best. And they could absolutely be pros at this stuff. Uh, and that's all that event stuff. Let me see if there's anything else I want to say. I am not 100% sure if we'll have a mock talk next week. I'm thinking about it. But it may be one of those weekends where I actually rest a little bit. 
uh, and try to recover. We'll see. So sorry, uh, I don't have a definite answer on that uh, for next weekend. But but we'll see. There is a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of stuff with the patch. Uh, but there may be a little bit of time for breathing between all of it. And uh, let me see. I feel like I'm forgetting. What am I forgetting, guys? What am I forgetting? Are you still staying frosty? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, yes, I am. Uh, well, I think that's it. I think uh, I do have my... I did make a Patreon video at the end of this, so there is a, a little video I made for the people who... Uh, personally thanking the people on Patreon um, that I will play in just a second. And I think that's it. So, guys, uh, remember, uh, be good, keep cool, stay frosty. Everybody has to say bye now and act like you're waving. Say bye! Bye! bye. 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 Oh, I personally think... Patreons who support my efforts with ridiculous amounts of funds, either because they have too much money or they just really like hearing me say their names. While doing so, I will read this all in this mask I can't see out of and makes me look completely stupid. First off, there's a dude, it's Antonio, who helped me with the world race, tra world race tracking and has been a supporter of the channel ever since it started. I appreciate all his hard work over the event, without which I would uh, have a very hard time and probably my life would have been hell. <laughs> then there's Super Miu, uh, who is in charge of the TeamCraft website, which I highly recommend you check out because it has some really awesome features coming out for crafters and non-crafters. I believe there's a, a commission feature that they're adding in. Then there is Morning, a website that is up and coming with a huge focus on the Final Fantasy XIV rating community. Uh, and even Nimic came on, who uh, runs that site, to do some commentary for the event, which he did a wonderful job. And last but not least, there is Tag, who helped me support, or helped me moderate, sorry. He supported the event by helping moderate the World Race event and uh, works to help organize the questions in chat for Mog Talks uh, here and there. I highly appreciate their support and every Patreon who has helped support what we do here. Of course, I appreciate all support no matter what manner, uh, no matter what shape it may come in. Uh, I don't depend on the funds for my livelihood, but I put it towards uh, projects I work on. For example, the, the Patreon funds recently purchased software subscriptions that helped allow the Final Fantasy XIV World Race event to run. That being said, it's purely there per request of those who wanted to support uh, everything that we do here. I would, I would never want anyone to kind of inconvenience their life in any way to support the stream. I want to make that very clear. Again, I'd rather you buy that extra cup of coffee every month uh, for yourself instead if that was a decision you would have to make. I won't take up too much more of your time. Uh, but I would like to say that you are all the best and thank you very much for helping uh, my visions for the community come to life. See you next week.